previously. They knew he was gone at the end of the year, so they kind of just let him ride it out. I'm about winning fucking football games. But we, we've got to we've got to be better in almost every single aspect of the passing game. I mean, our details in pass protection, our details in route running, our details in the decision making, throwing the quarterback, and then putting it all together. I mean, it's it's, it's hard for and, and there are good individual performances. I'm not saying any no one is playing well. But to be honest, I mean, when you're 32nd and, and probably still, I mean, sometimes I check the stats before all the games finish for the weekend, but I'm, I'm assuming we're still 32nd in, in sacks per pass attempt, 32nd in passing yards per game, 32nd in passing yards per pass attempt. I mean, so uh, to, to stand up and, and say there's a bright spot would, would, be, uh, would be pretty ridiculous, I think. <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> not even the word for it i guess yeah you're probably last in most categories right <laughs> after a putrid performance guys the bears lose to the bucks get trounced 38 to 3 and man i don't even know where to begin with this you guys there's so much that we got to get to here guys first and foremost warwick JB, how are you guys? It's been a minute since I've had you both on here. Happy Halloween. Early happy Halloween. Obviously, I'm the only one that dressed up. I'm wearing my Bears onesie today because I I didn't want to wear an entire bear outfit for an entire podcast. So 
I went with the nice, comfortable onesie instead, guys. And okay. actually, okay. works told me a little bit earlier. He said, yeah, probably makes sense because the Bears played like a bunch of babies in this game. <laughs> <laughs> guys, and my Lord, they did. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of negatives here. And we're going to try to touch on some positive stuff too, guys. But first, can you both tell me what the biggest issue with this Bears team is versus the Super Bowl champs? Warwick, we'll start it off with you. Okay. The biggest thing that I saw was, obviously, you're going against the Super Bowl champs. You're going against a Tom Brady-led team. They have a lot of veterans. So I already knew it was going to be a hard, a hard game, especially if you're making mistakes. But I just didn't see – I kind of saw like a lot of mental errors and a lot of mistakes that I would I thought the Bears would play better, just knowing the type of team and the caliber of team they was facing. Just when they got in the game and just like protections and blitzes off the edge and <laughs> like the no routes coming, no uh, receivers getting open or routes, excuse me, routes running where they getting open and defensively like the passing game. I mean, Brady just looked like it was a video game out there, so. To me, it was just like the lack of attention to details, especially when you know you're playing that caliber of team. Like when you play that caliber of team, you know you can't make as you can't make any mistakes really, but you got to minimize a lot of big plays and mistakes. And the Bears were just giving up a lot of big plays to me. Yeah. How about you, JB? I'm a little bit more. Um, I'm going to hold a little bit more of their foot to the fire because the Bears, to me, came out playing like they weren't trying to get blown out. And that's exactly what they did, as opposed to taking it to the, you know, we always say punch the bully in the mouth first. Right. You know, stun the bully and keep on fighting. The only time I saw any type of success, Khalil Herbert, he just wanted it. But, you know, everybody else, I mean, even with Laser, some of his past uh, plays were still, to me, just kind of like holding the training wheels on. They did much better four-minute drill type of offense than they did when they were actually scripting their plays. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty <laughs> solid on both ends. Guys, for me, it's offensive line against the pass rush, obviously, and the scheme that they're still using for Justin. I'm still just, like, scratching my head on it. The second play of the game, okay, they come out in a max protect. And, yes, they wanted to do the nice little play action you know, throw downfield. We like that here. We do. We, we all are a complete 100% with that. But when you know that you're going up against speed rushers, you know you're going up against JPP, you know you're going up against these guys, you know, you you should feel out this game a little bit more, n- not just go gangbusters right out the gate because I feel like that play alone, that second play showed me what was the whole game plan and what was going to happen all game. Justin Fields, you know, over and over again, just getting knocked down, getting knocked down. You cannot put a second-year, seventh-round freaking tackle in <laughs> who didn't get any any reps all week long. He didn't get anything all week long. You have a guy in Alex Pars who, yes, I'm not saying he's the end-all, be-all solution, but he's had experience there. Put him there. If you want to play Simmons, then maybe have him come in as that – you know, extra chipper, kind of like we had bars doing already, right? Mm-hmm. Have him do something like that. Let him get warmed up to the idea. Just don't throw him to the damn wolves day one. 
<laughs> you just can't do that in this league. Like, I don't understand why we just keep doing this to ourselves. We keep shooting ourselves in the foot with these game plans, you know. And another thing on that is, for me, it's this guy. This freaking guy, I can't get enough of him. Sam, there's such a uh, almost abnormal discrepancy between how well you guys have run the ball and established that and been successful doing that and the struggles you've had with the passing attack. How do you explain it? Uh, you know, I don't get paid enough to have to explain that. Um, uh, I really, what I have to do is I have to do my job. I have to make sure that I give Justin time to, you know, make his read and make his throws, making sure I'm getting the offensive line on the same page and blocking guys. Obviously we didn't do a good enough job of that. And we haven't done a good enough job of that up until this point. So it's something that we're looking to improve on every single week. Okay. You don't get paid enough. <laughs> You're the center. You're the center. Talk about your mess ups. <laughs> but you could talk about that just fine. Your job is to make sure everyone is correct in their blocking scheme. Everybody's doing their job. And you don't have an answer to this question. You're supposed to know more than anyone on that line being the center. You should have these answers, at least have an idea instead of just talking about all the ways that you screwed up, you know. It's like, I mean, this is basic rudimentary stuff to me. Am I wrong for thinking this, guys? Uh, I'll say you're not wrong, but I also understand I'm going to speak as a player on the player side. Why you're here, that's, buddy. <laughs> that's, just, that's, that's called damage control. Like, he just damaged – he like – when you have a bad – especially like a game like this, like this is one of the games where you get your butt whooped, you take – you come back home, you watch the film, and you bury this game. Like, you find the mistakes that you did. These are one of the games that you have to bury because these are games that, like, this is a tank of season. Like, if you really start – like, they play bad, but you they can't never just, like, say, okay, that's where we at. We still going to get better. So that's just him getting in front of the mic. Yes, he probably could have said it differently, you know, like said it a little different, but he's just getting up there damage control saying, hey, we made mistakes. I made mistakes. We're going to go back and watch it. I understand what you're saying as as a fan. Like, come on. Like, you know what's going on. But he's not going to – I know he's not going to say that on on live in front of those reporters and, like, say what's really going on. But I, I'm pretty sure, like, to, like today or uh, early in the week when they went to the – the meetings and saw the film, like everybody saw what the mistakes is. They know what's going on. I promise you, they know what's going on. It's just, it just drives me nuts because this guy is supposed to be able to identify what's going on right. with the line, what blocking scheme that they should get in. And he has no damn clue out of, out of, out of any problems that they've been having against pass rush. He has no answer for any of it. I just find that hard to believe JB. What do you think on that? So, again, deferring to Warwick and his expertise, spot on, I agree, damage control, and somebody probably tapped him on his shoulder and, you know, be very plain, very vanilla. But Like his play? Like the play. But, <laughs> okay, let's, let's analyze this just a little bit more. We as fans, be it ex-players or just fandom, we see the game in a different light. We know that. Right. Yeah. But Ray Charles, God rest his soul, was blind and he dead. And he can see that Sam Mustafer is just terrible <laughs> at his position. And maybe that's our fault for putting him in a position to not have success. We talked about the lack of push. We talked about him getting slow off the ball. Hell, how many times have we had three and outs just because he can't get the ball up to Justin? Like, uh, I think fundamental couple, things like that. Three, yeah. 
but those are drive killers. Those are they drive are. killers, especially when you have a sputtering offense. How dare you get seven, eight yards on first down? It's second and two. Now it's second and five, second and six because of a fumble on the on the center quarterback exchange. Like that's the type of stuff. That's like this bad news bear stuff that been that, like you say, Alan. We've been kicking the can down the street on so many things. Hell, this is just par for the course. Dealing with this line. Yeah, three centers drafted. And two of them don't even play the position. <laughs> Go figure. Right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words on that. I, I just don't, I just don't have an answer for that, you know. And it's not even that. Like, there's, there's so much other things. And like, this is something I'm going to hit on massively tonight. Is you know, the coaching scheme is another thing I kind of brought up, right? So. Why am I still not seeing slant routes? Why am I still not seeing quick RPOs to where Justin gets rid of the ball faster? Why don't they force him to get rid of the ball quicker? I I just keep seeing this where, like, like I said, second play of the game. Have a play action pass. Obviously, that's taking more than three seconds. Why are we doing that when we know that this kid right now is being pressured more than anyone in the league? It's literally less than three-second average right now for them to get to the QB. Warwick, can you explain to me why we cannot adjust to this and maybe give Justin some you know, quick reads and looks right. to get his confidence going? Right. Well, I can't, I can't explain why they won't make adjustments like that because that's probably something internal. I know that they – like, you got to understand, like, the offense, the coaches, the same as defense. Like, you put in game plans and you put in your scheme and everything you run, that starts at training camp. That starts at mini camps, actually. That started at OTAs, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. I would <laughs> say so. When you implement the offense. Mm -hmm. So, when you get into the season, it's really not enough time in the week to start changing the whole offense up. Yes, you can make changes. You can find little things like, hey, we're going to start incorporating slants. Are we going to start doing check with me's at the line? If they have a certain lineup that we know they bring in a blitz and we could do hot Ross off or, or blitz quick passes, they could do that. But at the same time, you're going to have a certain offense. Every team has a playbook a offense that they didn't implement it. And it took them since OTAs to get all these plays and adjustments. It's hard. And I understand what you're saying, but it's hard as an offense to get everybody to learn a whole new scheme for a quarterback. I think I saw like when, and I'm going back in time, when Tebow took over in Denver, remember they changed the whole offense to kind of right. suit what he does well. That was a different situation because they had to. But when you had, like when you, most teams, they're going to they gonna make the quarterback or they're going to try to make the quarterback adjust to the system. Like, because the, the coordinator is still a leader. They still a leader. So you're going to learn how to do our system. Yes. Is it effective right now? No. Some of that has to do with the scheme. Some of that has to do with the players. That's the that's the one thing about football is that everything works. It's every everything works together, kind of like how a car works with the engine. Yeah, and the everything has to everything works together to move down the road, and that's how football is. So yes, I understand that it's certain things they could adjust to, but I also understand like you only have a short week. Like when you really think about it, you have two days to put in a game plan because you come in on Monday and watch film, and you take care of bumps and bruises. You off on Tuesday. You are called on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. If you just iron out the little wrinkles of the game plan and you leaving on Saturday, you're getting ready for the game. So in two days to try to change up a whole bunch of stuff is is very difficult. For okay. NFL. And 
there's something you said there that I want to touch on. And JB, I'm going to ask you this. Mm-hmm. So Warwick just kind of touched on the whole scheme aspect for it and where it starts in OTAs, right? Right. So we all know that running in this season, Andy Dalton was QB1. Correct. And I feel like this whole staff, you know, just designed this offense for Andy Dalton still and not Justin Fields. But they knew, you know, going in that they were going to eventually transition to him. Why don't they have some packages made up, ready to go, you know, out the gate for Justin that really, you know, tendered his strengths, I guess, JB? Because I'm still seeing the same kind of Andy Dalton offense outside of designed runs. So I'm going to call the Bears offense the kid that cried wolf, and here's why. (laughs) We've seen the adjustments on the fly when their actual play calling and preparation isn't working. We've seen the off-time throw. We've seen the – Things that we're just like, why aren't we doing more of that? But let's rewind back to Matt Nagy's actual offense. This is the same offense when the Bears were 12 and 4. They had a lot of a lot of 12 personnel being played, a lot of double tight end personnel, single back being played. Let's not forget. <laughs> Oops. They let's let's not forget. They also gave Mitch Trubisky easy throws. They also yeah. gave him quick timing routes. They also gave him, for those that don't know what 12 personnel is, we always talk about the two tight ends, one running back, two tight ends. So they gave these things to Mitch Trubisky. Then when they switched to Nick Foles, it was, hey, Nick, do what you do, throw it deep. So let's not act like they haven't been able to adjust on the fly in the past. What they're doing now, me personally, I think that they just are trying to prove a point in saying, I don't want to give this kid too much too soon just in case I'm not here to see the maturation and growth of Justin Fields next year and the year after because you if he's doing great with Bill Lazor, hey, you don't need Nagy. I'm going to get to that a little bit later. I have something about that, actually. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, JB, because we will be talking about that. So I'm going to try to switch to positive, guys, because we try to be positive here for the most part, even though this team is – really trying to make us not ever positive (laughs) about anything you know so what was the biggest the biggest positive you guys saw outside of Khalil Herbert because that's low-hanging fruit I know that everybody's gonna pick that I want something different besides Herbert and don't just say well the offensive line blocked for the run well I want to hear something specific Mm. think about that for a minute anybody want to go first or are you going to have to really think about no, that? Actually, 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 I have something very, very prevalent to say. I figured you would. My positivity is going to shock you. Yes, it's got to do with the line, but it's got to do with Alex Bars, an undrafted lineman, swing tackle, guard, plays everywhere but center, yeah. who came in for Lachavius Simmons and Alex Bars actually showed that, wait, if you give him a little time, he might be able to do something. So when we do that, um, bring that extra tackle in, I, I feel more comfortable now. I don't know when Jermaine Effetti is coming back. I haven't really looked for him because, like I said, I'm not a fan. But it was refreshing, even in a blowout, to see number 64 just pancaking guys and, and giving 110% out there. Alex Barr should be our starting right tackle moving forward. I'll say that's my positive. Okay. 
Warwick, do you have anything on that? That's a surprising uh, take right there. You, you took away my low-hanging fruit because I was going to say, I, oh. <laughs> I asked the tough questions on this show, Warwick. You right. know that by now. You I was going to give him credit because that's the second week that he actually I mean, came out and ran pretty good for like We all can give him credit where, right, where right. he's due. Obviously, you know, last week, what, he had 17 carries for 97. And he had, I, he had I three, right? He had he he had got a hundred, but then he got that negative that uh that was last week, right? When they blew it right, because he would have had back to back hundred yard games. But I'm sure Sam Mustafer screwed that up somehow. <laughs> um, and then this week, what he had nineteen for a hundred, I think, or eighteen for a hundred, something yeah, like that. So that. yes, yeah, yeah. we will applaud you. Yes, Khalil Herbert, well done. But Warwick, I need something stronger out of oh, you. Oh man, this is. Uh... <laughs> If you don't have one, you can say pass. I, yeah, I, I, I really don't because I would love to say, like, Justin Field took another step, but he actually didn't take a step. Five turnovers. Well. <laughs> Three interceptions, two fumbles just on well, his end. <laughs> hold on, Warwick. Okay. <laughs> I think that I can tell you a Justin Field positive that I noticed during the game. Please, please. I mean, I have to. So I'm going to start just with a little tidbit about some things he said this week, and then I'm going to kind of segue into it. Um, I think we're very close to, you know, having a breakout game, and all we need to do is put the little plays together, put all, all of our, you know, positive plays together and come up with uh, multiple TD scoring drives. So, like I said, we're close, and we just got to put uh, those plays together, whether it's, you know, just cutting those negative plays out and just, you know, keeping the drive going. Justin, what, what tells you that you guys are close to a breakout game? I can feel it. Anything specifically that allows you to feel yes, it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Just a feeling. Okay. Just feel it. You know, you just have those feelings. You just feel it. It's coming. He just <laughs> he just walked in. He, he just walked in like he owned the room. I can feel it, boys. <laughs> do this all day long. I could just keep it going. I yeah. mean, my God, Justin. Okay, but what I noticed, and it's it's something I kind of had to, you know, run back and watch it again. The fourth quarter. Yes, they were in prevent. Yes, the game was over. I saw Justin making some quick decisions. I saw him throwing to the tight end in the middle of the field. I saw him making fast throws. It's something that I feel like he can really build on, you know, and that's why I'm really just preach, 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 you know, him having that internal clock start getting a little quicker. And the end of the game, I kind of saw him doing that a little bit. He he didn't feel like he was pressing as much. He was more comfortable with it because he knew the game was already over. Guys, he was 22 for 32, 68% completion rate for the game. As bad as a game that was, if you're almost at 70 or 70%, sorry, I think that's a win I can take. That's about the only thing that I could really say that I'm like, okay, at least he's making completions and he's kind of getting up a little higher. You know, it, it wasn't the Cleveland game, obviously, and it, it was horrible, but that's a small building block that I noticed that maybe, you know, in the next few weeks we can see grow. What do you guys think about that? Uh, well, you can just tell me, hell no. I mean, that's okay. Well, but, like, but, you're but, crazy yeah. for thinking that, but that's just the way I look at it. Like That's like the the 13th man on the bench yeah. coming in in a 40-point game blowout in basketball and right. averaging and getting 10 points. Like, Yeah, but okay, so 
let me explain it better. Okay, so if if you just continue to do something over and over and over again at the end of a game, do you think you could really translate that to the next game, at Warwick? Like, like say that you guys had you know like a blowout loss and you guys were just playing a uh, prevent and you were just working on like small things at the end of the game, like your tackling or, you know, the way that you covered somebody. Right. Is that something that you could transition to the next week? You can, because when you're in those type of games, I've, I've been in those games I've, with the bears and every team I've been with, we've been in those games where you face those games, where you just, everybody got those games. Yeah. It wasn't Joe day. Yeah. So the biggest thing when when you get in those games, and like you said, he showed that he was st- still staying composed. Which I, if that's the thing I had to give him, I will I'll piggyback on you and say I'll give him that. But I mean, I, I had to think about that one. I, mean, <laughs> I really did. I mean, more victories don't put food on the table. No, it, it don't. It doesn't. So, but for a rookie quarterback, Warwick, right? I have to try to find you know small right. victories for him and progress, yes. and seeing him. You know, even though, like I said, it was the end of the game, they were out of it, it was prevent, he was making some good decisions with the football and he was getting rid of it faster. So that's something that I hope that he can see that he had uh, success with and then he can move forward with that and then try to do it the beginning of the game instead of at the end of the game. So doesn't that go back to laser though or Nagy? Because if you see him flourishing more in that four-minute type of offense when they say you're supposed to slow the game down, Preach it. Preach like, it. Why not, make, why not make that your first 15? Now you understand what I'm <laughs> saying, JB. So what I mean by that is you saw that it worked at the end of the game. So instead of waiting for, you know, the two-minute drill or any of that, just do it all game long. You know, you see guys like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, you know, like Jared Allen, all these guys, they make quick decisions with the ball. Ben Roethlisberger is 155. And he still throws the ball out quicker than most guys in the league just because he has that great internal clock and he knows how to get rid of the ball quick because he knows his offensive line is not going to be there to help him. So that's kind of why I'm saying that I keep seeing these little, little, you know, incremental steps up. Let's make it more of a game wise. Like he said in his uh, presser that he wanted to start having two drive uh, uh, success. So, you know, having a multiple, you know, um, overdrives where he's got one drive where went down the field, he got a field goal. Second drive, went down the field, he got more points. He's he's starting to think about those kind of things. Even when he's getting his ass kicked, guys, he's the most sack quarterback in the league. And he didn't play the first two games. And he's still having this kind of mindset. So that tells me that there's some room in here as long as we – we got to keep him upright and we have to help him, but scheme for that kind of offense from the get go guys. And it's time to get negative again. (laughs) (laughs) I hate going to it, but we got to get negative one more time. So this is Lewis Riddick actually talking about the coaching scheme and also Justin Fields. Lewis, Who do you think is the most responsible for what's gone wrong with fields in Chicago so far? I think it's, it's all around, man. Look, there's no question about that. And look, you start with the coaching staff for sure. You start with the head coach, and you move it on down the food chain from there. As far as 
Well, actually, you know what? You don't start with the head coach. You start with the general manager, okay? Let's just start there with the people who are putting together this football team because the offensive line is atrocious. The running game is not consistent. Running the football against the Detroit Lions obviously is much different than running the football against the Tampa Bay Bucks, And we saw that. We saw how different that looks. All right, and they have not been able to put together a football team that will really support mm -hmm. a young quarterback who is still in the developmental stages like Justin Fields has, is. The coaching staff has not handled this situation ideally, and Justin Fields himself has not really played that well, especially when the situation <laughs> has been uh, such that it really sets him up for success. And by that, I mean this. When he has not been pressured, he has not been very good as mm -hmm. far as his total QBR. And when he has not been pressured as far as um, – you know, having a lot of people around him in the pocket, he's a guy who's still holding the football too long and not making quick enough decisions and taking too many sacks. So he's not above reproach. He's not beyond reproach in this situation. He has to take accountability for where he is at in terms of his own development. But when, as far as how they have set this thing up, this team, this team right now needs a total overhaul on the offensive line. It needs more weaponry on the perimeter. And it needs an approach that really sets this young man up for success. And I don't know if they have necessarily always been on the same page as, how to, as to how to get that done. And that's something that they're going to have to evaluate in the offseason, starting with ownership on down. So that's a lot right there. And JB, I looked at your face whenever he talked about the run game. I feel like he said that because it's when you're running out of uh, necessity because you have nothing else. It's not a successful run game. I think that's what he means by that. I obviously can't speak for him, but that's what I took out of that. So I mean, yes and no. I can see both sides, but here's the thing. If a guy is getting 100 yards back-to-back -back games, call it, off of only 17, 18 runs, right? Yeah. What happens if he gets 25 carries? What happens if he gets four to five more touches in the short passing game? What happens when you actually slow the game down, make the quick reads, make the easy play, extend drives? Yeah. So I agree. And I, I, I think Lewis Riddick, me personally, I think he would have been a hell of a GM. I love his, I love his, his mind. Um, for him to say ownership on down, 100%, we've all been saying that. Now, obviously, the owners aren't going to – they ain't going to sell themselves. <laughs> we know that's never going to happen. Warwick, right. you know how that rolls. Right. But moving forward, yes, we want a new coach, but we want a new GM. But, like, is that going to change anything right now? We're we really not in a position to make an impactful change in any free agency through the draft. Like, we really kind of, like, this is what we got for the next couple of years, guys. Right. It really yeah. is. Yeah. And that's what and that's why I always be like when I try to explain stuff and try to see the other side, because I know it's not just one like Justin Fields or it's not just laser. It's like a whole it's everybody. And like you said, from ownership down, like it's starting from who picking these the people that's on the field, who making these moves where you don't have draft capital, no draft picks. So it's it starts with everybody. And even with Justin Fields, like I'm happy. I like that he's growing and he's getting to play, but he ain't, he's not like world beating. Like he's not, I'm just sorry. I'm just telling the truth. Like he's doing good for a young kid in a position where he has no offensive line. He's he out there on an offensive scheme that I feel like probably is not the best suited for him. Yeah. So he's out there doing his best, but at the same time, he's still not like 
just making plays when he have to. He's still looking like a rookie, which he's supposed to. He's he's a rookie, so he's gonna have to mature. And those are baby steps. It's very seldom that you get guys coming league, like I said, like Andrew Lux or those guys that come in one year, they get their feet wet. Peyton Manning throw all those interceptions his rookie year, and after that, it's it's to the moon. He off, he off and running. Tom Brady sat behind Drew Brees, got his chance, took off. Like that's just like that's very rare that you have Bledsoe. guys coming to the league like that. So Bledsoe. It it, it oh, is when yeah. you said Brees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I mean he took that would have been crazy if Tom right. Brady would have sat behind Drew Brees. But, yeah, but, Lord, <laughs> but Lord, let me ask you this though, because okay. you've played with some decent quarterbacks, but you've also played with some mm, questionable guys. Right, right. Right. I try to say this. If you made it to the pros, you ain't trash because, hell, look no. at how many of us are not. Right. By far. By right. far. But with this particular – I can only talk about this regime right now. Okay. Do you feel that they are just so stubborn and stuck in their ways because it's almost like every component, scouting department, right. draft, marketing, like everything just – we always scratching our head like, wait, what? And that's like, I mean, is, is that just because they don't have an embarrassment of riches? They don't. Right. They just don't. We're a grind hard town. We're a grind hard team. We've always been that way. Right. But if you don't, if you don't look in the, in the mirror and change yourself, you're never going to change what's going on. And that's why I say until certain people step down. This is the Bears. It's been the Bears. We're going to have them seasons 13 and 3, two times, 10 and 6, 12 and 4. We're going to have flashes because, hell, we can't play the top of the top teams every year. Eventually, we're going to play some weak schedules and we're going to win some games. Right. But, like, how do you how do you combat the mediocrity that is what management has been sustained on? Like, I think that's the biggest question. Right, Alan? Like, yeah. And there's – there's only a couple ways to really combat mediocrity and it's to finally give up on it and finally right. realize to yourself that this is not a winning football team and they're not going to get better. And they're not, they're not one player away. You know, that's, that's something I've, and I know that I, I haven't known you both that long, but last year I was screaming for this the year before that I was screaming for this. Cause I knew that, Every time we play a good team, we just get beat down and we just beat up on bad teams. We are in NFL football hell and there's no getting out of it. There's just no getting out of it unless you really want to commit. And this is what I'm really starting to get to now is just committing with these young guys and, you know, starting to build around Justin Fields. And that brings me really to this question. And I think I already know the answer but it is my Bears fans with a brain uh, poll question of the day. And do you guys think it's smart? <laughs> Please don't jump on me on this. <laughs> do you think it's smart to leave Justin Fields in with a struggling O-line and a coaching scheme that's not fit for him right now? Do you feel like it's smart to leave him in the rest of the year? This could cause some serious problems. I mean, yes, Nobody thinks about injuries. Nobody does, obviously. No one wants to. But this kid's getting killed. He's, he's like I said, leading the league in sacks right now against. And he's, he's only played five games. So is it smart to leave him in right now with no offense? 
help at all? Or, or should we just let him keep going and just keep trying to learn on the fly and risk him getting a serious, like an ACL or something like that? All right. Uh, I, I could, I answer first. Uh, first of all, injury is just part of the game. So. It is. And you don't even talk about injury like other, that you could get injured because it's part of the game. We all know it. So nobody speaks about that. I think he needs to play like the training wheels are off on the kid. Mm. And that's part of the problem. That's some of the problem, too, with the Bears right now, I feel, is that they thought Justin Fields was going to be on the – they planned on Justin Fields being behind Dalton. I'm telling you, they didn't plan on Justin Fields coming in now. Unless yep, the they planned on him coming in this year, Warwick. And yes, that's but, where yeah. I'm like, okay, so why didn't you have him split reps in OTAs or training camp or any of that? Like, right. why, why didn't they do that? Because – just I know like those guys, like when you get to the NFL, like it's about production. So if Andy Dalton was in the game and he was like staying productive and had the team competitive, Andy Dalton was gonna still play. They was gonna roll with him until they couldn't. They mm-hmm. was forced not to play him. Yeah. Like you gonna roll, like the NFL is hard. It's a hard business. Like we all know that. And it's whatever is what you do lately. They, they don't care what you did last year or the year before. It's what you're doing right now. So Nagy was looking at, like, we're going to play Andy Dalton. We're going to let Justin Fields learn how to be a pro on and off the field because there's two aspects of becoming a pro, a good, mm-hmm. a good pro professional football player. We're going to let Andy Dalton take over. We're going to – at the end of the season, probably we're going to move him out and move Justin Fields in. That got accelerated when he got hurt. Okay. So now they got to play him. Right now, uh, Justin Fields is learning all those as he's – he's learning how to be a pro on, off the field, meetings – how to talk in front of the camera, how to deal with pressure, being the quarterback, because that's a big pressure position. Being the quarterback of the team, you're going to take the – when you win, you're going to get all the praise, and when you lose, everybody going to look at you. That's just the name of the business, why you get the big bucks. Yeah. But right now, like, I know it's ugly. It looked ugly, but the kid is learning valuable lessons on the game. Like, you got to remember, this kid ain't lost – he probably ain't lost, like, more than two or three games in a year in – yeah. Like in his probably whole career, because I'm pretty sure he was a man. I know he's a man in high school, so I'm pretty whatever school he went to. They was great. He went to Ohio State. Like this is the first time he actually feel what it feels like losing and going through adversity at this at this level. Because this NFL is a different level. Losing in college and high school and stuff is different. But when you get to the NFL, it's it's people get paid off off every. We all eat off of each other. Mm-hmm. So if the quarterback is playing bad, you affecting players on defense. Because when a team is losing like the Bears. We already know at the end of the season it's gonna be clean house. Like yeah. nobody's gonna be safe. <laughs> if they could find a better position, somebody to make a dollar less and play a, a one point more than you, they're gonna take them. So right now, everybody, everybody's gonna feel it. I feel like the kid should stay in there. Yes, he's taking lumps. He's gotta play. You can't really worry about injury. But what he's learning is he's learning what it what it feels like to lose. And I know it's cliche, but especially in the NFL. Winning is so is a, such a hard commodity. It's like precious. It's like <laughs> it's like water in the desert. Wins are like water in the desert when you think about it in football. Yeah. So when you go through this, the bad part when it, when you start seeing that turnaround, which it can happen. Like I said, I've been on teams where I was on the Bears team where we wasn't expecting to win nothing. We ended up winning the division. It just starts, and I and I would say our roster. People were saying stuff about our roster. We didn't have a, like a star quarterback. We had K McNown who didn't do anything, was considered like a bust. So it was just guys that start learning how to play and start winning. 
I say, yes, the Bears need to just say, hey, it's not working. I feel like they do need to kind of scrap, start the rebuilding process around, like you said, the young players. But that's going to take time, and you're going to have to be patient. It's it's nothing that's going to happen overnight. I'm sorry. And oh. <laughs> it's just – it's hard because I know fans are every year they get reinvested money-wise, time-wise, passion-wise. And you'd be like, it's the same thing. But it is a slow process. What about you, JB? So I agree. I think it's too late to turn back now because what you don't want to do, and I'm not saying he has a lack of confidence, but you don't want to pull him out and then chip away at his confidence because even though he may come very, very poised, we don't know what he's thinking in the back. Like, man, was I that bad? Is Andy Dalton this, that, and third? And then you got to look at Andy Dalton. He's probably looking like, man, I don't want to play in this mess. Like, I'm, here. I'm close to retirement. Hell no. I want to get my next job after my next, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's just trying to get his resume ready for the next group. That's all. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and Nick Foles, he over there hiding like, man, I lost my helmet. I don't know where it's at. <laughs> you know, he, he don't want no smoke. Yeah, he don't want to play play But like you said, it's very valuable lessons that he's learning. And if you take the pressure and you take the lumps now, hopefully it will garner success later on. I just don't want him to turn into David Carr. That's what I'm yeah. That's what I'm afraid of because you put so much around him. You can have that 4-2-40 running wide receiver on the left, but what good is he if you only have a second and a half to throw him the ball? Yeah. That's yeah. the but 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 right now you kind of have to. You kind of have to keep him in right now, in my opinion. Yeah. And we got to remember, too, that we're talking as fans and we get, in, we get invested in players and new guys and young guys. NFL, the way that works, it's new players come every year. So we yeah. fall in love with Justin Fields, but you know it's going to be another Justin Fields 2.0 going to come through Ohio State or one of these Manning Jr. in a couple of years. Somebody's going to come through where he's going to be new and shiny. You can look at it through the NFL, especially now when the trading deadline is coming up. Look at all these teams. All of a sudden, Tua in Miami oh. already trying to get Watson. Not to get off the subject, but oh, you see how right. fast his, his luster then went off. It just that's how it works. Like so, that's why I say like let the kid learn, see what he's gonna become. But that's the way that Watson. You just brought up Deshaun Watson. That's the way he learned too. He was he was the most sacked quarterback in the league. He also got injured too. Right. But he came back, you know, he dealt with adversity well, and he became a top five QB. I mean, obviously, he's not right now. We all know that story. We don't have to get into that. <laughs> but, yeah, but. He's still a top five. He's still a good He's still a top five quarterback. He's and, off the field. He's not top five off the field right yeah. now. <laughs> and something else that was really telling is that after that game, Justin Fields didn't even go shower. He didn't even take his pads off. He went right. straight to the podium and went straight up there, and he owned it like a man. And he went up, and he gained my respect even more than he already had because that's what leaders do, you know. And whenever he tells me he's going out and he's going to work harder, I I like to tend to believe him a lot more now just because I can see his his whole character coming out more the longer the season goes. And I absolutely love it. I, I do. And as much as it pains me to see him in, because I hate seeing him getting murdered, it does really help me that I know that he's strong enough to get through it and he will come out better for it later. As long as physically he holds up <laughs> mentally, I know he can now. So that's what I think about that. And now we will get to a quick uh, commercial break guys. Here's a message from Nick and Ivory brewery. 
Hello, this is Paul from Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. We are located at 1026 South State Street in historic downtown Lockport, Illinois. We are very excited to be partnering up with the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show as well as the 1252 brand because we are one of the few Chicagoland breweries that embrace sports and sports culture. Come in for a fresh brewed beer made right here in Lockport while catching the game of your favorite team. Stay for the live music that we have booked every weekend or just come for a cozy atmosphere to enjoy a good conversation with a friend, loved one, or complete stranger. Nick and Ivy makes you feel right at home no matter what the occasion is. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. Visit our website for our up-to-date tap list or to go shopping on our online store at nickivybrewing.com. That's N-I-K-I-V-Y brewing.com. Come in today for a fresh brewed beer born and raised in Lockport, Illinois. All right, guys, that was Nick and Ivy Brewing. Uh, they are down in Lockport, Illinois. Guys, again, if you haven't went there yet, get there. Still got that Locktoberfest. <laughs> At Mike's back. And they also have the Fred Hubner IPA, along with many other choices, guys. Get down there today. I'm telling you, it is worth the drive. So, guys, um, we were going to get to some questions, but I haven't gotten yet. So, fans that are watching, and I know you're watching, guys, if you have any questions for us, please either uh, text the number under the scroll line or you can just comment in the comment section. We'll be happy to answer any questions that you have. So let's get into this 49ers game coming up, guys. And there's one question I have first for you about this 49ers game coming up, and it's not what you think I'm going to ask. Hey, Matt, uh, two questions, if you could. Uh, first of all, uh, do you have access to practice live like you did over the off-season program? Like, are you on the iPad watching, and are you able to click through meetings as well, like you would with, with Zoom? Yeah, I'm able to – I'm in on all the Zoom meetings, and, and I do have access um, to, to be able to, uh, to, to watch the practice uh, via iPads and that sort of thing. So it's, um, it's all there. Technology is – that's one good thing in all this, this world that we're in. The positives of technology, I would say that would be one. So, Matt, are you at home all uh, uh, the last couple of days? Have you been banished to the basement? What's uh, uh, what's your setup uh, while trying to make sure you don't get anybody else sick? I got a beautiful setup, but um, as you can probably understand, I'm not going to get into where I'm at. <laughs> but I have a great setup. <laughs> where is matt Nagy? where's matt Nagy? he's not in i don't know if he's at alice hall in the basement i don't know if he's at home where the hell is matt Nagy work why is this such a big deal i don't know that's I what mean, I, I mean does it matter it really doesn't matter he just he just probably don't want to say just because he don't want to he's want to get yeah he don't want the nfl trying to say he may be exposing people or if he in the building or yeah, but then all he had to say was that he was at home in his basement. That's That was the original question. I said, remember I already said this guy, he'd be too smart for his own good to me. Like, <laughs> just answer the question. Like, or just say no hard. comment. No comment is the best way to answer a question. We don't want them to say, like, no comment. I'm working. I'm just here I'm so working. I don't get fined, right? Right. Just, I like mean, a Marshawn Lynch type answer. <laughs> yeah, like, he just makes stuff harder than it needs to be to me. Like, What do you think about it, JB? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you i agree what the hell is going on with that okay guys so with covid running rampant man and it is running rampant around covid alone that's why you're not with the team they've had a that's lot of it. to say 
I'm in my basement. I'm comfortable. I have a great, we got a great setup. Let's make sure that's known that he's got a great setup. But <laughs> how do you think it will affect this game if Matt Nagy is not at the helm? I'll let you go first, JB, since you oh, are so, okay. so, so happy with this question. So <laughs> I got I to get this fuming mad look off your face. <laughs> I, I think Matt Nagy needs to take a vacation because of complications due to COVID. Let that be the buffer, please. A permanent one. I'm fine with it. We're, hey, I'll take a couple of weeks now. I'll, hey. <laughs> but... My 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 hope in this, because I'm not quite sure. Maybe you guys can help me. Is Bill Lazor is he the associate head coach as well? Because sometimes the special teams coach can be, or the defense DC. I don't know who the associate head coach is right now. It is the special teams coordinator. Philip. Oh, it's not the quarterback coach, Filippo. It's the special teams coordinator. Okay, cool. It's so or whatever. Basically, that guy will be like a figurehead of menace on the sideline. He won't mean nothing. That's it. Just a figurehead. So, Bill Lazor, this is your time to really put your print on this offense. 49ers are reeling. They struggling, too. They have a rookie quarterback. Then they're going back to an injured quarterback. Then back to the rookie because they don't know if he's coming back. Hey, best time to beat a team is when they're down. Right. Let's write this ship. Let's get out there, Justin. Let's, Let's. One thing I want him to do. I hope I'm not backtracking. You're holding the ball too long because you're hoping to get somebody open instead of throwing somebody open. Like we always talk about two steps of separation in the NFL is open. Yes. Be more decisive in the run game. Dude, you run a four, four and that was on a bad time. So you probably run like a four, three, seven. Yeah. Make a decision. Bang, bang. And literally take off to get the first. Don't scramble and jog. Look in the Put go. Just get out. Hey, run to that little orange arrow on the sideline. Slide. Keep the drive going. Yeah. I don't, I don't care if you have more rushing yards than passing yards. Like, let's get the W. That's all and we need. Laser. You want to make think- your job? This your chance. Right. I don't think Nagy not being on the sideline is gonna affect the team anywhere or other. Because, like you said, he just he's just gonna be a figurehead and. We have an offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. He just it's just gonna be another guy saying, do we want the penalty, take it or not? <laughs> Pretty much on the sideline. Uh <laughs> I mean, like the 49ers and the Bears are actually in a pretty similar situation. Actually, yes. they seem to very mirror, they mirror each other pretty much. Even when you look at their stats and you break it down. Pretty much outside much. of their tight end. They have a way better tight end, but everything and is he, else is he playing is coach. Kittles back? Is Kittles um, back? Because you know he's been hurt. I can find that out. I make, make sure you let me talk about that. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that, JB. Don't worry. We will get to that 100%. Yeah, but Warwick, I, I'm in agreement with both of you. I honestly think that this is a great opportunity for especially Bill Lazor to have full autonomy of this offense and be able to you know, maybe show some wrinkles that he didn't show before. Work solely with Justin and also DiFilippo, all those guys. Try to get Justin ready and prepare a game that suits Justin right? instead of anyone else. Just like JB saying, man, quick, quick, decisive throws, internal clock, run, run if you need to. Go 
forward. Don't start standing there looking around. He gives me anxiety when he does that. I can't stand it. He just stands around all the time, and he's watching. Well, where do I go with the football? You're not <laughs> going to throw anybody open, so stop trying to. So looks like from what I see here, guys, I do not see him on the list. So looks like he's playing. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and I don't see Bosa on here, so he's playing. And nope, nope, he's not on here. So they will be. Dead. They're going to be yeah, and we're not really even getting to the defensive stuff today, which I wish <laughs> we could more. But there's just so much of this offense to dissect that that we've got to come up with some ways to figure this thing out, guys. So speaking of that, what can this offense do, you know, so this game doesn't really turn into a game of horrors, you know, since it's Halloween and all, you know, we don't want this to turn into a game of horrors on Sunday. What can this offense specifically do to help prevent that from happening? Uh, Once again, the run game, establish the run game. We're always going to say that. Remember, the Niners are third in pass defense as well. They're they're a lot better than you think they are. Right. That's what. I, and I was going to say that they offense might be reeling, but they defense play. You know, the Niners always going to play pretty good defense, especially yeah. lately. They're going to play pretty good defense. So that's why I say the Bears defense and the Niners defense. That's going to be a good battle. So it's really going to be what quarterback steps up, who can establish control and time of possession, and and control the pace of the game, like. This is a this is a game the Bears actually can win. This is a game the Bears actually can win if they come out, control the ball, control the pace of the game with the run, keep the chains moving, let Justin Fields make some plays, and the defense get after the quarterback. Yeah. What about you, JB? I agree. Right now, I'm on Bears week to week. Whoever did it first, imitate it. So right now, <laughs> right now, the Bears need to channel their Baltimore Ravens right now that type of offense against this particular team because they are they are very good against the pass right now. They may have a couple of people that you all are not familiar with name-wise, but if you actually watch the game and, like you said, Alan, um, pay attention to the stats, they're not as bad as you think they are defensively. Their roles are in the front, actually, in their linebacking, um, in their front seven, in their linebacking. I believe their run defense is like 12th or something, too. I'd have to go back and look. Not, not bad, but not bad. they give up gash plays. Yeah. So, again, a heavy dose of Khalil Herbert, a heavy dose of uh, Cole Komet, if I can say that. <laughs> let's hope you can. I mean, let's pray to God that he catches the ball this time. Jimmy Graham, you know Jimmy Graham has only had three targets and one catch? $10 million. But that's we'll I, get could, to that I could have done that. I could have walked out and caught a ball, <laughs> got my head knocked off, and got $10 million for the team. No, he is blocking a little bit here and there, yeah. But yeah. you didn't pay him for that. You paid him for, you know, third down conversions in, in a short yardage, and you and you did for red zone. And I have not really? seen him. I don't know what the hell. I don't know if he went to the retirement home. Hey, I don't know what's going on. But he's got to get involved. Here's the, here's the, here's the thing. He's if we get learned, involved, man. If we learned anything, anything from Lamar Jackson, your tight end is your best friend. Hey, I would love to have a Mark Andrews on this team right now. Oh, man, he's, he's something else. But oh, we'll come to that. I keep – Dropping nuggets, we'll come to that. Yeah. But again, let you go off in a little. Bit. Again, twelve personnel, 
please. Heavy dose of Herbert. Screen game, short passing game. Hell, anybody ever sure heard the wheel can, route? Are you sure that they can run a screen? I'm not, but we've seen them try to run a couple. I did see a halfback type screen last week that did work. It, it was just a quick turn throw, like like sideways, like almost basically like a screen. Yeah, but why well, do see, you got to block for that to happen, JB? And the thing about that is, you run it to Bosa's side, and Jason Peters, if he can get a hold of him, we might have some success. Yeah. <laughs> if. If he doesn't get a hold of a cheeseburger and he gets a hold of that instead, <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest. Like, the guy is in better shape. I actually heard him. Um, he actually did a press conference. I think it was today, and they were asking him like, whenever he got in a shape, and he's like, "Well, that first game, you know, I was kind of in shape. No, you weren't in no, shape. <laughs> you weren't even close." He. He said he didn't feel like better until like three weeks later, which right, right. I can right. Like, I mean, he was sitting on the couch and he was fishing, and you know, he probably pulled a Willie Beeman on the sideline. You know, <laughs> you know, like, come on, right? That's what. But, but again, we can't give them an out. No, right. This is what we have, so we have to kind of manufacture something that goes along with what they can do well. They wouldn't be in the NFL if they couldn't do anything. No, absolutely not. So, like, come on, laser, it's on you. Man, come on, please. Yeah, and I, again, I have to agree with what you both are saying. It's heavy dose of running, obviously. Herbert has emerged. We've already talked about how great he is looking. Man, I've had people in the Bears group already saying it's time to trade <laughs> trade David Montgomery because Herbert's what? looking so good. Oh, yeah. I've I've had people saying that left and right. Asking no. you I've that's had, your one too. That's your Chubb Hunt. Like I, no, I agree. But I've had people asking me just because there's so many holes. They they think that you could get rid of him for like a third or a second, and I'm just like, what else would you have then? You wouldn't have anything. But <laughs> you got Herbert and you've got hey, you got hey. Bonnie, man. You hey, gotta Alan, have those guys. Anybody that comes to you with that foolishness again, Last send them to me a war because we got something <laughs> to say about that. Yeah, I'm gonna nah, tag you, you in, in the Bears group next time. You gonna happens. get rid of your bell cow? <laughs> you want to get rid of the best player on your offense, yeah. literally for like a nickel, yeah. <laughs> like trading for some picks. Maybe Allen Robinson. You could probably use him. Oh, as- I would today. <laughs> I would pack his bags. We're not even really going to get to him, I don't think. But that yeah. man is—he's got problems. Oh, oh no! Right? Look, look, oh, I got time today. We're going to get to him. <laughs> he can fall. Oh, oh, yeah. So we're going to get the JB's rant in a little bit. <laughs> we going to get to all. <laughs> we're going to let JB just let it out, man. <laughs> I wanted to let it out Tuesday on the clubhouse show, but I didn't because Mike kind of <laughs> took over my rant. And I'm like, I'm going to try to not rant. I'm going to try to keep my composure. But JB's going to take it over for me. <laughs> so, but anyway, back to that, you know, running the ball, right. I'm going to keep saying it internal clock, make him throw the ball fast. You got Nick Bosa on the other side and I know Jason Peters, he's improving. He's got his stamina now, but he's got problems against speed rushers. And I think right. Bosa could really, really take advantage of his leverage and he could get around him. 
there's no doubt about it to me. So you've got to keep Justin clean. You've got to keep him moving the ball fast and run, 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 just like you guys both said. Right. You know, so staying active at the quarterback position and at the wide receiver position to me is another big one. You know, if Justin's got problems and he's running for his life, because guys, we know he probably will be wide receivers need to really pay attention and come back to him and help him out in those situations. Make sure that you're not leaving your quarterback to get murdered all the time. You know, that's just the way I, I feel about it. So JB, we will, if you want to go on your rant now, or you want to wait till after the commercial break, I'll wait till after the commercial break because I want, I want everybody, <laughs> everybody just to feel, feel my glow. Because <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> well, we're going to get to the commercial break. And then after the commercial break, after JB's rant, we're going to have What Are You Watching? So I'm going to have a positive after JB's rant, guys. Just so you know, we're trying to not be negative all show. So here's a quick <laughs> message from our guys at the John Darren. Hi, I'm Jonathan Darren, licensed real estate broker with Cobble Banker Real Estate Group in Homer Glen. Are you looking to buy or sell? Have you been disappointed in the past? The Jonathan Darren team with Cobble Banker Real Estate Group focuses on providing you with a concierge level of service during the process of buying or selling. We are a service-oriented team with a fresh and professional approach to selling real estate. Our goal is to combine knowledge, skills, and passion to exceed our clients' expectations, and most of all, we truly care. We are a knowledgeable real estate team focused on offering expertise and innovative solutions for our clients. The Jonathan Darren team has five full-service real estate brokers and a dedicated full-time marketer servicing all of Chicagoland. We will customize a detailed plan around your timeline for a sale, purchase, investment, estate, or other needs. Real estate transactions can be stressful, but don't need to be. Let us handle it for you. Visit our website, homesbyjdt.com, or call 708-308-1938 today. Expect better in real estate. Choose the Jonathan Darren team. And, guys, that was John Darren from the Coldwell Banker Real Estate Group down in Homer Glen. Guys, again, if you're looking for a home, I hear Warwick is giving up the Texas life, and he's going to move back. <laughs> is that what <laughs> so Warwick, I'm gonna hook you up with him as soon as you're ready. I know I'm never gonna hear that call from you ever. Because okay. again, yeah. there you are sitting outside in beautiful Texas on a nice night, and yeah, I'm over here wearing a onesie in my house. <laughs> so that tells you all we need to know about who made the right decision on where to live. But guys, anyway, back to John Darren. He's a great guy. They will give you the best deal available. Guys, go hit him up. Homesbyjdt.com. And now my man JB has something to tell you. JB, please elaborate. <laughs> I want you. To, I want you all to feel me. I want to take you on this journey with me. Four years ago, right? That puts us at 2017. Okay. For the last four years, we have always seen what position of need, tight end, wide receiver. No, let me go in order. Tight end. Defensive back, wide receiver, lineman, right? Let me hip you all to a little bit of knowledge because I was I was on one today and did a little research. In 2017, with the second round, the 45th pick in the second round, do you know who we took? Second Just round? Off the top of your heads. Probably a tight end. <laughs> we, we took a tight yeah. end. Oh, <laughs> Out yeah. of Ashland I remember, College. I remember that draft now. Ashland College? 
Yeah, I yeah. Mm. That's the Mitch draft. That would be Adam Shaheen. Shaheen. Oh yeah, Shaheen, big big guy. Big. And who did we not take? The next grunt. <laughs> I mean, you got, I already know where you're going with this. I've actually done this same rant before on a different show, so completely so, know where you're going. <laughs> there was a gentleman, and I'm going to go like better, best, great. So there was a guy by the name of John U. Smith that was available that went later on in that draft, I believe, in the third round. But even more since this is 49er week, we passed on George Kittle in the fifth round, and we say we need a tight end. George Kittle from Iowa. Yeah. Adam Shaheen, Ashland College. I had never even heard of Ashland College before. Him. <laughs> that's just that's that's just one. So let's go. So that's one failed tight end, right? You had to talk about running back too that year. I could, but. Now we're getting into a two-hour show. Because there's a massive <laughs> – there's a massive – okay, we took Cohen. We could have had Alvin Kamara. We could have had they, Alvin Kamara. They actually used our pick to get Calvin. Alvin Kamara. Thank you. take Alvin Kamara. So, I'll just throw that one in. Proceed, sir. Beautiful. Have the floor. <laughs> that was a little salt in the wound. Just an extra sprinkle. That's a little salt. <laughs> 2018, 12 and 4. The Bears are back on it, right? Back on it. We yep. getting it. Yeah, we still need a tight end, though. Oh, do we really? We got Trey Burton. We had Adam Shaheen. We had J.P. Holst. Now, Trey Burton did come off some success uh, from Indianapolis. But no, I just believe he ain't really like football. Or if he did, he didn't like football in Chicago. He was with oh, Philly. Philly. I'm sorry, Philly. He went to them after us. He went. Then he went to us. Then he went to the Colts. Right, I'm sorry. Yes. But, yeah, he had one, one decent year until he got hurt. But after that, he was hot garbage. Trey, Trey Burden was okay. Not a lot of notable tight ends in that draft in 2018, but when we talk about the Ben Barnakers, Benjamin Barnakers and all them, there was a guy that was picked in the fourth round named Dalton Schultz, who's Schultz. pretty good. Like, hell, Dak Prescott likes him. <laughs> there, was, there was also a guy that went undrafted that year by the name of Blake Jarwin. Oh, Jarwin. And Blake Jarwin's pretty good, you know. So, again, I got my, my draft hat on, my scout hat on, because, <laughs> hell, if I can see it, I need, the, I need the job. I need the job. <laughs> so then, you know, we have, you know, Trey Burton, 54 receptions, 569 yards, six touchdowns. You know, he did his thing a little bit. We had a guy by the name of Deion Sims rolled out, you know, blah, 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 blah. We started J.P. Holtzman one year, seven receptions, 91 yards, no touchdown. I don't know what that was about. A lot of 12 personnel that year, by the way, fellas, if you didn't know. <laughs> then we get to 2020. 12 personnel was the primary offensive set that the Bears ran. 15 games were started by Jimmy Graham. Nine games were started by rookie Cole Komet. Nine. That's more than half the season. That's the majority. Jimmy Graham had 50 receptions, 456 yards, eight touchdowns. Cole Komet had 28 receptions, 243 for two touchdowns, one rush with a negative yard. We also had Demetrius Harris and J.P. Holtzman on the team. We actually did have Jesper Horstead, but he was uh, listed as a wide receiver. 
Now, we claim that Cole Komet was the best tight end, blah, 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 whatever. And he probably was until I did a little digging and I went off key. There's a guy by the name of Thaddeus Moss that went undrafted. Now, I know he had a foot problem before you all start talking about injuries. 6'3", 250, ran a 4'6", 6'4". We also have Cole Komet, who's 6'6", 262, ran a 4'7". One play 12 games because he went farther in the college playoffs. One play 10 games because he didn't. 47 receptions, 570 yards, 12.1 yard a catch, four touchdowns. That would be Thaddeus Moss. 43 receptions, 515, 12 yards per catch, six touchdowns. That would be Cole Komet. Tell me the difference between those two if the production is the same and why one went undrafted, right? One got drafted with the second round. Damn, they're the same pick that Adam Shaheen got drafted four years, uh, three years earlier. I'm getting into that because we have a problem drafting at that position with these lackluster tight ends. Now, I'm not saying that Thaddeus Moss would have been a world beater, but hell, what tight end have we had since? Probably Greg Olson has been a world beater. Greg Olson is the last one. But at least if you bring in Thaddeus Moss, you bring his dad. Ran you out. get that guy in the locker room <laughs> around the team. I didn't think about that. I'm sure they didn't either. I didn't think about that. But and even slightly less. Yeah. And so, you know, like, I can't because usually the way that Pace drafts, he usually goes after those kind of guys, those guys with the little injury issues. And, like, I don't know why you can't throw a seventh round pick at that guy. Hey, you know? Oh, so yeah. I forgot. We have to get more linemen with the sixth and seventh round picks. I forgot. Dumb, That's dumb, what we do. dumb. So, again, let me give you some notables for my people out there that said, well, tight end was a glaring hole when clearly it wasn't when you had Jimmy Graham sitting on the shelf collecting dust. He's very healthy. You know why? Because he doesn't play. He doesn't play. But here's the, here's the one that really grinds my gears. We need a safety. You pass on Grant Delpit and Antoine Winfield Jr., we need a corner. You pass on Travon Diggs. Yeah, we got Kendall Vildor in the fifth, but you passed on Travon Diggs. We need a wide receiver. You passed on Chase Claypool. Like And Justin Jefferson, too. Wasn't Jefferson? Well, that was – no, no, no. Remember, they didn't have a pick. Oh, yeah, that's right. So Chase was uh, picked in the second round, but after, after Cole Komet. Chase is 6'4", like 230. Like, he can play a little swing tight end if need be. But my point my point in my rant, fellas, is this. We say we need these positions, but yet we don't go after the people that we know are prevalent at these positions. And proven commodities, yeah. We like, got- I'm sorry. I know we had Kyle Fuller, but the worst secret the Bears ever kept was that Kyle Fuller was a lame duck player in that year. Nobody was going to pay him $20 million. Well, at least we weren't. No. So, and, yeah, we played him. Can you imagine if you had Travon Diggs as your nickel? Learning with Jalen Johnson behind Kyle Fuller? That would have been mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Can you I, imagine Kyle if you Fuller had a 6'4", really 230-pound wide receiver with a 41-inch vertical that runs a 4'4", and Chase Claypool? Yeah. 
Claypool was was a surprise to me as well, J. Yo, you like Notre Dame? He went there. That's where he went. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I watched, he was the one guy on that team that flashed for me at least. Like I wasn't a big Cole Komet guy, but Claypool always flashed for me. I'm not a big Notre Dame fan, but every time I put on film or watch their game, that he's he the was one doing I saw. something every he's Saturday night on NBC that I saw him. He could block. He he acts like he gives a shit. Right. Obviously, the physical attributes are there across the board, guys. I thought that was a solid, a solid choice. But the Steelers <laughs> know how to draft, and that's why the Steelers, you know, they're they're old. They've they're been always in it for a long time. That's why they're always in it. They, they play the long game, game, AB. They play the long game. Yeah. Oh, and my last point of this rant, so we can move on. I didn't want to take up too much time. Thaddeus Moss didn't drop a pass in their 2019 championship campaign. Did not drop one pass. 43 targets, 43 receptions. Two touchdowns in the national championship game of all games. Yeah. And he still didn't get drafted. And that's fine, but I'm drafted because I wanted daddy around. Everyone, <laughs> yeah, everyone was off on that one. He he was undrafted, but I'm saying I would I would have just scooped them up just because. I mean, you would think the way that Pace also likes to have 16 tight ends on the team, yeah, he would probably do something like that, right, JB? But apparently, he doesn't know how to pick the right one because it all comes back to what, guys? It comes back to this team right. and this front office cannot scout. They cannot draft. They are too. inept across the board. They don't know how to hold anyone accountable, starting with ownership right. and working your way down. And it's always been that way. And until they make those changes, until they get a president of football operations, it's going right. to keep happening the same way. It's not going to change, JB. I wish I could give you some magical wand to fix it. But the wand is you have to get Nagy out. You have to get Pace out. You have to restructure the front office before you do anything else. I don't care what. You do not have Ted Phillips run your football team. He does not make a football decision. Right. He does not do anything but go to Arlington Heights and work on that stadium. And that is all I want him doing. I don't want him touching any offense. I don't want him touching any defense. I don't want any of that crap. Never again should he be there. Because what have we seen from him in the past, what, 30 years or how long he's been there around that? Yeah, damn near, right? Yeah, Damn near. Close to it. I, I'm not 100% on that. He but he, I want to say he came over right when, right when Wanstead left, right? I think yeah, you might be right. I don't yeah. know. I, I want to say I started 90, hearing his names like in the late 90s. I was thinking 90. Okay. You might be right. I was thinking like 91 or 92, 93, but maybe I'm yeah. off on that. I don't know. I'd have to well, look. Warwick, he was definitely there when y'all was there. Yeah. He was there whenever yeah. you were there, Warwick. When I, when, when I was there, the guy that – Helped draft me was uh Hatley. Remember Hatley? He mm -hmm. went to he ended up going to the Packers to be they to head their uh I had their operations. Right. And then that's when like Angelo came, mm -hmm. Jerry Angelo oh, okay. and them came. All right. But uh, that's but still but what 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 y'all saying was the same thing I was hearing. When but Ted Phillips was the finance guy, he wasn't the president. Right. The president right. was the other McCaskey. Yeah, and that's the same arguments. What you saying, what y'all griping about, and what y'all saying is the same thing I heard when I was playing. It was the same thing that I love the McCaskies, they're a great football family, but they're not a football, they're not that type of ownership. They're that not a football involved. family. 
Right. They just foot. They just uh. <laughs> they, they just own a football team. Right. And they they're the, they're the spinoff of their fa- of their great grandfather and right. Alice, her, her Alice father. Was, Unfortunately, they, whenever George House's son Muggsy died, right. I feel like a lot of our hopes and dreams went with him because right, he was right. the only one who really was being brought up to have vision right. on how to run right. a football team. Right. And Agreed. after he passed, no one else really took, you know, the the bull by the horns, right. I guess per se, and drug it forward into the new era. They but even learning how to delegate correctly, you know, like learning that your accountant shouldn't be making football decisions is probably something that most smart businessmen know. But they don't care about that because either way, JB, they're going to make money either way. They they're going to make care. money hand over foot. Uh, fist. Third largest market in the whole in the- damn U.S., guys. There's yes. no way they're never going to not do that. But if you did, my God, JB, if you brought in somebody like, and yeah, I'm going to throw some crazy uh, name drops, obviously, Lewis Reddick, guy we were talking about earlier. He couldn't be a president of football operations he seems very critical about everything we need somebody like that who's extremely critical Olin Cruz it's a guy I say all the time extremely critical guy a guy that can you know make people do their jobs and hold them accountable because would you want to have Olin Cruz staring you down screaming at you about something (laughs) hell no no. I'm gonna get it right Olin near me I'd be running out the door when I heard he wanted to talk to me but you got Go ahead. You got to okay. remember these are billion dollar. These are billion dollar people, like business owners that always had control and used to having control, and they have <laughs> mega. Yeah, but they really don't have control because they're letting their accountant make no. decisions, right? You, you're right, but they. Uh, I mean, but that's, see, always, here, that's always been a knock on the bad ownership. Like, here, here's my problem. thing, though, Ward. How do we hit on players like you? But the obvious stuff that's smacking us in the face, we're just so up. Let me not say weird. Linebackers. They are just oblivious. Right. Like, I don't understand that because you you see, and I didn't even go into all the stats because I wrote all the stuff down. I don't understand. Yes, 99. That's what I was Okay, that's what I thought, right? I said late 90s. That's what I thought. But I don't understand how – me, a, 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 a average Joe fan with a little knowledge, can see the the the, the follies that they don't see. Like, come on, like what what are we really looking at? Because I know sometimes you are you as a player are like, dude, you drafted him and Buddy was available. I mean, right. they have to see that. Like they always like you gotta you gotta <clears throat> understand every everybody have their own vision. Like how you have a vision of the team and what could have been if they would have drafted this guy. They're looking at other guys too. They probably was looking at a cold commit was like he more of a physical guy than a Thaddeus Moss. He more of a blocker. But he, he wasn't because Thaddeus blocks win. If you look at the stats, his <laughs> block win rate was higher. I know what you, I know, but all that matters. He played at Notre Dame, so he a cold weather guy. He probably gonna he'll be used to playing at Soldier Field. All that comes in. Now, I know you You will sit there and think, like, what are you talking about? The same reason why they'll choose a guy because he ran a 4-2 and, and never did nothing in college and pass over a guy that was a productive guy because he ran a 4-5 a or something at the combine. Or have a bunch of wide receivers that you signed that all run really fast but can't get open. And it is big. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But that's I'm- because they're trying to fit Nagy's scheme. They – 
They dre- they get the guys that try to fit Nagy scheme. I still um, don't even know what Nagy scheme is. He's been here four years. I still don't know, Warwick. I don't know what the yeah. hell he's doing. That's that's the hard that- part. That's the hard part of being that's the hard part of being a fan, law fan to a team, and you just gotta deal with what, what comes with it. And I, I'm sorry to y'all and the Bears fans. I've played, I've been on teams, I've been on the Browns where the, sorry fans like you know, I've been on teams where you just have to look at the fans like, sorry. Like, <laughs> I I know. I'm sorry. It just goes that way. Like, and like I said, like, it's going to take something. Like, y'all, we have good nucleus. You have a quarterback. That was the biggest thing with the Bears was the quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's mind-boggling because it's like we can draft so Every- many other spots well. Right. But since – for Sid Luckman, like we yeah. have not had a real quarterback. Like it's just it we're the only team to not have a four thousand yard passer, and yeah. we're the charter franchise, yeah. and we're gonna play seventeen games this year, and yeah. we're still not gonna have one. We're still not. Now that was now that's that's, that's sad that we what didn't have the that no quarterback. That was sad. Hey, look, I just listen, listen, cry. listen, y'all, listen, listen. <laughs> I'll say this with all due respect. None of these jobs are easy. We know that. Hell no. I could never do that. But success has been shown in other places. It's a copycat league. It always has been. Right. It always has been. So why? You remember a movie called Life? Oh, yeah. (laughs) The Bears are can't get right. <laughs> they can't get right. I knew you were going to say right. that. <laughs> I like, I, I just, I, I'm about to like throw it all up and and, and thank you, Bill. Love, thank you. And, Good to and, see you again, Bill. Thank you, Bill, Bill. If you got a question for any of us, you know, me and JB are here, but Warwick's obviously the one that you want to ask a question to. <laughs> Absolutely. You are more than, more than obligated to ask any question you like, sir. Please ask questions. Ask away. And I will get to our Bears question of the night as soon as you give me one. Because <laughs> we still haven't got anybody strong enough to ask me a question. But, no, guys, it's 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 the same kind of stuff. And, and it's not changing until they look themselves in the mirror. All right. The Cubs, right? Same kind of issue for years. For years when they were owned by the Tribune. It was the same kind of thing. It was mediocrity or you know less than mediocrity because guess what they knew they knew that they were filling that stadium regardless and then ricketts came and he said dad you need to buy this team they're going to fill it regardless but what happens if we actually get a winning team here Mm -hmm. so what did he do he bought the team and he went and got the best front office guy out there period right what happened after that changed their whole team around right? right the blackhawks yes we know Blackhawks are going through some bad stuff right now. Yeah. My God. Um, I can't even say enough about how sorry I I feel for that organization and what's really transpired with those players and other players, high school players even, that have went through all that crap. That should never happen. I'm not condoning that. What I am going to say, though, is they were one of the laughing stocks of the league. They weren't very good. They were bad. What happened? The old man, unfortunately, passed away. Right. They stepped up. They built a front office. They built a winner, right? What are the Bulls doing right now? The only team I bear 
to watch anymore in Chicago. <laughs> they had John Paxton. They had Gar Foreman. John Paxton went to the front office and said, guys, we got to do something different because I'm not getting it done anymore. And I don't want to, I don't want to keep failing. So it took him well, 20 years later, but it okay. Took, yeah. 20 years later, <laughs> it took him going to them and saying that for them really to sit down, look in the mirror and go, okay, we need to restructure our entire front office. And what did they do? They went out and got AK. They got a, they got Eversley. They have a bunch of really good, really good guys. Right. And now look at them. They're they're four and zero. They're playing tonight. I don't know what the score is yet. Obviously, as soon as we get off here, that's what I'm going to go do. <laughs> but they changed the culture. Everyone in this town has done White Sox, Rick Hahn, same kind of thing. Everyone's done that, but this Bears team. It's time for them to look in the mirror and go, guys. This has got to change. Shit has got to change. It's been the same thing for 30 years, as Rick Hahn said, mired in mediocrity, and it's it's. It's time to put it to rest. You have a potential franchise quarterback now. So take that franchise quarterback and build around him. Stop worrying about tradition and the defense has to be great and the offense can just get by. Build a real offense. Invest in an offense around Justin. And then you might even get a 4,000-yard passer. Who knows? Let's start there and see what's going Alan, let me let me let me let me let me go back to our Bears traditionalist, our 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 you know fan base. We've had offensive innovations. Yes, we haven't had a four thousand yard passer, but hell, one year we had four people on offense make the Pro Bowl, and that hadn't happened in, if I'm not mistaken, ever in Bears history. Eighty five, maybe there there might have been some linemen along. Yeah, with but. Peyton. Jim McMahon made it that year, I know. I'd, I'd have to go look at the list. But, but. but both starting receivers, yeah, the running back, and a line, like the top three position players other than quarterback, we've never had that. No. But we've had that one time with – okay, so I'll say his name. It was Jay Cutler. Yep. So we've had these offensive innovations, these spurts, Hell, we had a guy in Matt Forte that rushed for a thousand yards, caught a hundred passes. Yeah, like we lived that. We've had a tight end in Martellus Bennett make it to the Pro Bowl. So yeah. we've had these spurts. So yes, they have not been consistent. Yes, they're not a word that we throw around way too much. Fluid. Yeah, fluid. But now, when you have these scouts, see, first of all, I'm gonna tell you like this. Analytics and y'all feel me if you don't, I understand. <laughs> and I'm I love numbers. I'm like I the guy like I can do percentages in my head. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. But sometimes it comes down to the eye test, like who can actually play football. Right. Warren Sapp just told us the other day: 16 reps. Is there a bench press on the 50-yard line? No. That was a great line. Put on his tape, put on my tape. Who you want, coach? Who's got the heart? We got need that will. Hey, Ward, I'm campaigning for you to get back in the league. <laughs> Either as a linebacker's coach, <laughs> a scout, something. Yeah. Because your vision is truthful. Right. Like in football, where you all have the shortest careers, how many times can we draft on potential and then say after the third year, this guy's out the league? 
I think that's the big. I think that's the biggest thing the Bears are gonna need if they wanna. If we wanna change this and actually, like you said, start putting drafting players and having success. They're gonna have to get somebody that's at the top that's making those decisions. That's gonna be. That's gonna be able to say like, no, we want this guy. Like we want. We want this guy that. Yeah, he didn't go to Notre Dame. Uh, he, but he an athlete, or he a player, or when you th- when you turn on the tape, he pops off the tape. Not not because he come from a certain school or he had a certain size that we like. Like they gonna have to start getting players that's like difference makers. And I feel like most of the Bears drafts are always kind of like, oh, we, they kind of safe picks, kind of the guys that just fit what we need. And he a safe guy. He's not gonna be like. Yeah, but do they really? I mean, fit? under Ryan Pace, I wouldn't say that as much work because. This is the guy that moved up to get Mitch Trubisky. But this do they really to get fit? Adam yeah, but just because he moved up, was that a good? Was that a good? <laughs> that was, no, it yeah. wasn't a good fit. No, but right. that's not a safe pick, is what I'm saying. Like, like Ryan oh, is like the opposite. Okay, okay I, I I had to change change the word. But when I say not not a safe pick, like don't just make a don't make a dumb pick. Don't like to me like that was a pick. That was a risky pick. Like. That wasn't like massively risky. Pick. You know what I'm saying? Like that was like if that what, doesn't work, you saw what happened. If that doesn't work, and you gonna need a guy that's up. right. You gonna need a guy that's aggressive, that know the type of players that that they want, that fit like the Bears, what the Bears are made of. Kind of like who I always say that draft good and draft with they style of play is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. The way they draft is like you have to fit the culture of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes. If you want to say another team, the Patriots, you have to fit their coach, even their free agency. When you when you go in there, they I went on a free agent visit to the Patriots and sat oh. right in, in Belichick's office. Oh. Same time Rosie was there. Okay. Talk about that. There. I was there. I didn't fit their scheme. I was a weak side linebacker that ran around and, and covered people. That's not what they did. That's not what they did. So they didn't get me because I was available and I was a nice pick and I would have looked good in the paper or something. A good veteran guy. They was like, he Bill Belichick was like, hey, love you. Watch your film. Great player. Love what you do. But you don't fit our scheme. And I'm not going to waste time because I have a vision. If you don't fit the vision, it's nothing against you as the player. It's the vision. Yes. And that's what I'm saying. Like, and and I didn't <laughs> and what I was trying to say was they're gonna have to get a, a general manager, a guy that's head that make all the make the, the, the ultimate decisions. He's gonna have to have a vision, and he's gonna have to be able to tell that vision to the McCaskies and let them understand this is what y'all want to win. This is my vision. Believe in me. I'm gonna go get a coach that has the same vision. I always see the Bears as always. It's like it's two <laughs> two ships moving past each other. You got ownership and they vision, and then they go get a coach. But it, the coach always be a, a coach that don't really. Even when I when we got Dick Jerron, he really didn't fit the Chicago Bears. I mean, when he came, everybody was like. Who is Dick Jerome? Like, well, remember, he wanted to open it up. Yeah, and that's what I said. That, like, it's always like, <laughs> yeah, he did. You have to have one vision. You have to have a vision at the top, and it trickles down. The players you draft got to be them same type of players that's going to come in, and they got that same type of attitude and the vision. That's how good teams, that's how in the NFL, like you say, you play the long, the long game. The long game, yeah. yeah. You have to play yeah. the long game because, as we know, people get hurt, injuries. Salary cap, everything happens in football. But right now, who is who is who's the next GM? Who's the next head okay, coach? Okay, so hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, even get to that spot, JB. Yes. You no, know, who's making that decision? 
That's, that, the, well, that's, that's why I said the problem who's... is that who's making the decision. Yeah. So what I would do, JB, this is exactly what I was hoping you would say that. Yes. I would I would I would try to find at least four to five advisors, right? Mm-hmm. right? Hire four to five advisors, like almost like 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 a panel group that you have them evaluate all the talent out there together and then you can you know have some back and forth with them you can get their opinions just start talking to football people even too. bring in people random people and start talking about these things having some advisors in the room with them not just one guy who's going to control everything but get a panel of guys where you can get them all you know break it down to the last like two guys right and then have a vote on those guys right what do you think would work best for what they have? And then have the ownership come in and, you know, kind of overview how they have that process. That's something this organization doesn't do or ever has. They need football people. So bring in a bunch of football people, have them panel off a list, JB, and then make, let them help you make that decision. That's what I would do because I like that because then the person making the decision isn't the person you line in their pockets with either. Exactly. I like the panel. I like it's it's all by committee. You know, whenever they got Ryan Pace, they had one advisor come in and look for them for that. I think it'd be better to get a you know a group of football people in there (laughs) and sit in there and talk to them about these things. Even if you go out and get Run out and get a Theo Epstein to come in and just talk to him about how he built a team, how you build a team effectively, how you build culture correctly. Just start there and just work your way back. Now, we want to talk GMs right now. There's quite a bit out there. I mean, and I'm not going to tell you all of them because <laughs> I don't I don't have a list sitting right in front of me, but I would start with organizations. I mean, like, I have a short list, but yeah, like those people how, aren't necessarily available either. How the Steelers run their organization pluck someone from them, pluck somebody from the Bills organization, how they have actually turned their whole organization around now. You know, pluck some of those guys and, you know, start trying there. Start with successful teams that do this. If I was the Bears, that's that's the way I would attack it. I'm not going to give you one solid name. Obviously, I've named a few, Lewis Reddick, Olin Cruz, like guys like that. There's probably better guys out there, guys, that we don't even probably know about. Right, but that's how you find out who they are. Is get real football people in the room. Right, right. Anything I, I, on that? <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we in full agreement, right? Ward? I mean, like Ozzie right. Newsom isn't 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 probably coming out of retirement, but yeah, if I can throw, if hey, I can throw nothing's Ozzie wrong with having a conversation with the man to find out. That's what I'm saying. Bring right. him in, and maybe after having an internal conversation with him, you could learn a. You know, maybe if you gave him, you know, 1% of your company, he could come in and be your president of football operations. You know, something of that nature. Maybe they don't want to give up that 1%. I, I can understand <laughs> that. Have have random guys, like have Peyton Manning come in and just have a talk with him about what he sees, you know, football-wise, ways that, you know, your team needs to improve, ways that your culture needs to improve. He's been through – you know, championship stuff like he's he's seen how real organizations work. Right, bringing guys that have been in those situations. That's all I'm saying. Right, the GM is going to be the hardest hire. We're putting when we when we talk about the coach. Obviously, we're putting the cart before the horse. Right? I think 
I think if they get a president, that's that's supposed to be the hard one because when you get the president, he's got you know, he's got his vision, and then everybody under him is pretty much has to have the same type of vision as him. You obviously want people that have a different uh, perspective than you because you can think outside the box that way. But true, I I would say that it's probably best to start there. But you know the way that it's tiered now. Phillips is the president, but he lets Pace make all the decisions. Yes. Yeah, all Phillips does is the finance guy. You know, he's the, he's the money guy. So if and, you bring in another football guy, you're right. kind of doing the same thing, right? right? More football guys, more better. No, no, no. I'm saying yeah, if you bring in another GM that's a football guy and Phillips remains as the president, like oh, you're, yeah, you're, yeah, you're no, kind no. of following the same suit, right? No, no, so, yeah, absolutely. You so – on my short list, of, my short list of presidents, I, I would have to do a little bit more research because names off the top of my head would probably be people that just talk football a lot, and that doesn't necessarily mean they're like the greatest person for that job. Right. But GM wise, me personally, I prefer a former player or a former coach that has success. I mean, look at what John Lynch did with the. I, like, I love a John. Hey, I love you know I love John Lynch. He got Kyle Shannon, but he's a football guy. He's so, a football, thank you. He's a he football guy. To, he knows how to look for what he wants in a team, and that's something that this front office doesn't. And then, he, go ahead, go ahead, Ward. I say, well, we're not going to get John Elway and how he picked quarterbacks. <laughs> Hell no. And John Elway's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But, but he, he can't pick one worth a shit. I mean, he passed on Justin Fields, and yes, he got a great corner. Don't get me wrong. Right, right. He got a stud corner. Like, but where's Tom Moore? Like, Tom Moore? I would love to talk to Tom Moore right now. Like, just you pick his brain. Find, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, you've got to start having those conversations with football guys. You don't necessarily have to hire them, but get them in the room and have conversations with them. And then once you do that, you can start learning and getting a better idea of what you're looking for. And that's what ownership needs to do. Right. I'm not talking about the accountant, I'm talking about higher than him. I'm talking about those guys need to get in rooms with real football guys and have these conversations. That's they And the only, pe- only people that's going to get them to do that, we got to show up and show out as fans. But real quick, before we get out of here, I, or, or I'm not trying to cut anybody short, but I'm interested to see who, like maybe like your top three or five next head coaches. We could do that. Mike I Singletary. love hey. – Remember, we hey. talked about that, Alan. Remember? Yeah, but Mike I'm going Stewart to see him on November 10th. I'll see him on November 10th. Where at? Um, at the one of them little union clubs or something. He's doing a seminar, like a he's, oh. a speaking engagement. I would and, and I'm going to hear that. Yeah, that I'm is, going. I'll, I'll let you know what's going. I'll, I'm going. That is awesome. Hopefully, he'll have a sidebar conversation with me. He's a great motivational speaker. I hear at least. I've never seen one of his shows, but I hear he's really good. Yeah, but he seems like he's a motivational speaker. But it was like a passion alone, right? Really yeah. Like, <laughs> yes, he wants winners. We know that, but. I don't know if he's really the right guy for that. Just because he was an ex-player and he was really good doesn't mean that's going to translate. Just like John Elway picking quarterbacks. Right, right. Michael Jordan running the Charlotte Hornets. Right, right. I mean, yeah, they're getting better now, but I mean. Look how long it took. It's Yeah. yeah. I, 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 
I don't know if that would be the one. The, the wild raw guy is not necessarily the best person no. either, yeah, no. especially for for a role like that. Like I would rather have somebody who was in the actual front office system and worked in front office, knows exactly how it works, things like that. That's why I say a guy like Lewis Riddick because he's been in front offices. Right. You know, uh, Mike Mayock was with NFL Network and he went to the Raiders. Raiders are pretty decent now. I mean. They are, but I, I'm looking more like, okay, yes, Lewis Riddick, he's on my short list. Mike Tannenbaum, believe it or not. Tannenbaum's a good one. He Look what he did with the Jets. Like, come on. Good. Like, he's on my short list, really. Yeah, okay. And head coaching-wise, we're going to keep saying the obvious ones. Brian Dable, um, um, the one I just said the other day is escaping my brain right now. The guy from the Chiefs. Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. That's the one that I usually say See, first. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow your mind. Keep going. If you have three to five, keep going. I really can't. Off the top. Uh, let me think. Well, my number one is a guy we're not gonna get. My number one, Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. Well, hundred ten percent. Like I think Sean Payton, if he came back home, he played an Eastern. Yeah, played an Eastern. If he came back here. He could develop Justin Fields better than anyone. That's that's the guy that if I could take any coach in the league, I would probably take him. Or obviously, like Sean McVay is obviously another great coach for that. He ain't um, never even Harbaugh. <laughs> Harbaugh's a good John Harbaugh, not Jim. I don't want the Michigan Harbaugh. I do not <laughs> want that guy. That's the other one I've been fighting all week. Nope. Is, now, wait a minute. Why wait. don't we go get Harbaugh? Wait a no, minute. Come on. Wait a minute. Michigan. That's all you got? Warwick, can you go? He's going to say some Texas A&M guy. I ain't <laughs> <laughs> bring him. You already Tell know him. he's going to say. Kellen yeah. Mond played great last year. I was going to say the coaches, the coaches you named, would they get along with the front office of the Bears? That's another thing. That's yeah. why I Like the – like a Sean Payton, he like he had to he wants some control with how stuff get done hey, around. You know what? He's proven he can do it. So I GM would slash coach. Uh, <laughs> I would I would pair him with a president of football operations. Right. You know, a like minded guy that he can get along with well mm-hmm. and work with and let them go to work. I would be okay with that hundred and ten percent. Well guy you trust him, I would. Cause I was like, I was saying, like you remember, like that was the problem down here with the Texans with Bill yep. O'Brien. Right, right. We got caught with a guy. We gave him so much power. He was making some crazy ass moves, though. But we gave him all. He had all the power. He but got- he was kind of like, from what I heard, he was kind of like proving points. Yeah, yeah. He traded so. instead of Hopkins for for like a can of peanuts. Right. Like, like, but that's why I say it could always it could be. It's, everybody has some problems. The the people that's not winning have problems. But like I say, you have to build. Like I like how you said build from the top, and they got to have a vision. They have to have a vision, and they have to know what they want and how they want the team to be built, and go after it, and go after the coaches and players like that, and they coaching staff. Like all of everybody got to be have the same vision. Yes, winning, but also a certain way they want to win. And that to me, every team in the NFL that's like that, they always be successful. They may have some times when they lose. But overall, when you look at their overall schedule, I mean, the overall records, it always mm-hmm. ends up being winning records. Good. I, I agree. Yeah. So okay. my list is a little different. Bear with me. I have five on my short list, right? Okay. 
My first, and I, I'm, I, I love Eric Bieniemy, but if we got Eric Bieniemy as our head coach, that would be the third Kansas City guy we brought in as either a head coach or an OC. And I don't know if it's just him being a good play caller or if he's a good developer, because that's what I'm. I'm more interested in someone who can develop. He's got to take the interview. You can find guys who can like actually call games for you. Like you need developers in this house, and that's which is why I'm saying this. If you brought me Eric Bieniemy or Byron Leftwich, they one in one a any kind of any kind of way you want. Oh, I forgot I about Byron. You're say Byron. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. When a lot of people have been saying that one though. My my not even two, but my one C. I need what Brian Dable is doing with Josh Allen. That's phenomenal. That's why I said Dable first, man. Because like Dable's a hard-nosed guy. I like what he does. I like his, his – first of all, I like his vision. I like his play calling. I like his route concepts because it seems like Stephon Diggs is, or Beasley, they always open. And they're always doing this. They're getting rid of the Correct. ball quick. Correct. One, two, go. One, two, yeah. go. That's the kind of guy you need in this system, man. Yes. And with Justin Fields. So they are on my short, like my short list. A little bit beyond that, I'm staying with the Bills. Let's get one of our own back. Leslie Frazier. 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 <laughs> Leslie Frazier, because he's gonna he's gonna build the defense and he's gonna surround him with somebody who's offensively superior. Yeah. He doesn't have an ego. Yeah. Now somebody said to me. Man, why don't you call Ty Bowles? I'm like, okay, just because my last name is Bowles, I'm going to call Ty Bowles. <laughs> he could be our coordinator if Sean decides I want to go somewhere else, but that's not it. No, But no. the last name that I'm going to totally throw everybody off and you all will not agree, I'm calling Rex Ryan. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Rex Ryan. <laughs> I've heard that one too this week. That's the third thing I've heard this week. I'm a lot of people and I'll tell, you two, I'll tell you two reasons. I don't know, man. Uh Right. I mean, and it, it could be because the Harbaugh thing, you already know how me and you feel the same way about the Harbaugh thing. We've, we, you already know that. Like, yeah, no, no way. Like, because he's only good John, for like two years. John Harbaugh. Absolutely. No, no. Jim. Jim. Michigan. He's only good no. for three years before his message gets stale. Right. Yeah. He did a great thing with Kaepernick and that team. I can't stand his attitude. Hey, but no, thank you. I can't stand. His attitude. But let me tell you what you get with Rex Ryan. You get a little bit of that Bears mystique, right? Okay. You get heart. Definitely heart. You get a lot right? of it in spades. And two things that you know for sure. He has won with a rookie quarterback and has beaten the Patriots Deep. with a rookie quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I told you, hell no. Well, Dia might want to say hell yeah like Stone Cold in a minute. Because <laughs> just think about it. We're talking about a person – Who's defensive minded, but his ego is not so high that he won't hire a proper offensive coordinator. Well, that's the thing. Who is he hiring? Because that's the second thing about that is, yes, I can understand your whole Rex Ryan bit. I get that. But what kind of scheme is he bringing in? Because his scheme kind of got outdated when he was with the Jets. Right. I that's why they only won his first two years. Exactly. Because everyone figured him out and he didn't adjust correctly. Same so, kind of thing with Nagy does so, now. I got a vision. <laughs> if I get Rex Ryan as my head coach, my OC is going to be Jim Caldwell. So you're making him get Jim Caldwell. That's If I'm the GM, your caveat is you come do what you do, honor your father, get really? our defense straight, 
you realize that most, most uh, <laughs> head coaches are allowed to bring their own staff, right? Yeah, but the GM doesn't usually get. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you know, JB, they you sound like you're kind of a micromanaging hey, GM. John Fox I'm didn't know they were drafting Mitch Trubisky either. So hell, everything just goes to to to, to whatever at this point. Okay, too. But what I'm yeah. saying is, if I'm pairing the two, because remember, Jim Caldwell has done a very good job with quarterbacks. Yes, he has. Absolutely. Who like. better? The man got the Lions to the playoffs twice. As long as you can sell him on that, I'm 100% agreeing because I've well, always liked Jim Caldwell. The quarterback's coach Todd position Cole. is demeaning him at this point. I'm going to make, I'm going to give him duality. You're going to be the QB yeah. coach, but you're going to be the offensive coordinator too. Both. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what an offensive coordinator is anymore. I mean, yeah, he, he does oversee everything, but most of his time is with the quarterback, obviously. Cause he is, but I mean, that, like, like he's, he's, you know, like they say, like a team is kind of envisioned as their head coach. I feel like a lot of times a quarterback is the same thing with their offensive coordinator. Like it's, I agree. They're like, yeah. they're like, like they're like a vision of what they are, basically. Right. I, I agree, except I for in that. Chicago because we don't know what Nagy's vision is. I still four years now. I and so, but but John D. Filippo is not bad, right? He's not bad. No, but he's being hamstringed to what Nagy wants, and that's and, that's what it is. And that's why I say the development is delayed. Justin should be farther along here. Forget the physical. He should be farther along here. You had over 150 days. He should be mentally more prepared. But, again, that's a song and dance for another day. But that's my dream team. Like, those guys that I named, I think they would be great motivators. I think they have an eye for talent. I mean, like, hell, I don't know what it takes to be a GM. I don't know what it takes to be a scout. I would love to be a scout. Yep. So all I do is sit and watch this damn TV and be like, damn, number 34 on Coastal Carolina, he playing some ball. I would kill to be a scout. I know that that life's hard, but. I don't Look, have any kids. I'm cool with it. <laughs> I'll go wherever. I'll do it. Because work, like, like, like you know this well more so than anybody. The round that you drafted in does not dictate the the player that you are. No, it doesn't. It just it just determines how much money they pay you. There you go. Because <laughs> yep. you, you, you still got to see many a first round picks that ain't nothing. Right. You still got to come in and earn your stripes, like we say. That's why I. That's why I always saying like you gotta show like NFL is a show me like yeah. I don't care where you drafted you still gotta come in and show that you can play so thank you hey you're gonna have to play same with coaches you're gonna have to show us that you can lead a team and coach that's players gonna stop following you if you stop showing them that you can lead them to success pretty soon so your message is stale right and when and with the Bears saying they want to move to a new stadium they gonna definitely have to do something to keep everybody energized to, to get into that new stadium. Even though the Bears fans gonna come to see it anyway, but you want to bring some new energy in that stadium, so <laughs> you want to sustain it because right. as much as we love the cathedral, right? I ain't driving to Arlington Heights. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying, hey, I'll catch you on Fox. I'm yeah. not going. And on that note, we're gonna get to what are you watching, Brother John Darren? Here we go.
This is What Are You Watching, brought to you by the John Darren team. Mama, again, agrees with us. Mike Singletary is not a good fit for the Bears, Mama. That's why we love you. <laughs> I, I would. I don't see it. Meet my mom. Oh, that's your mom? Yeah, that's my mom, yeah. Uh, How you doing? As much as we appreciate you, Bill, and your thoughts on that. Thank you, no football. I can't get down on Oh, yes, she does. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're her sisters. Her, she loves her yeah. on the clubhouse, man. She goes off. Like, she's, she's awesome. <laughs> I like she's it. Awesome. I like it. But so, guys, I got to ask you this question. JB, I'll let you go first today. JB, what are you watching? I think I know what you're going to say. I might. I don't know. No, you know. I'm not talking about right now. I'm talking about what are you like? Is there like a show that you're watching or maybe a certain game on Saturday that you might be watching? So you already know what I'm watching at 11 o'clock. I'm about to watch my Michigan State University Spartan stomp a mutt hole in the University of Michigan Wolverines and bam <laughs> to Jim Harbaugh. I'm sorry. That's what I figured you were going to say. <laughs> so what do you – you obviously have something else that you were going to say. I just wanted to throw that in to get you going because I know how hyped you are for that game. Oh, I can't – man, I actually – look, I did something I don't normally do. I bet on it. Oh. Wow. Yeah. You <laughs> usually never. Okay. 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 So was this a money line bet? Was this a, uh, what kind of bet is this JB? I think he's froze. I think he got so excited. <laughs> he, he just, he just combusted and froze. Well, Warwick, I'll let you go. What are you watching right now? <laughs> Let's wait for JB to come back. His face is real bad, so I'm gonna, I'm just gonna kick him, and I'll let him come back whenever he's ready. All right. That's a hilarious damn picture. I'm gonna keep that one. <laughs> uh, what I'm watching now. Last time, I remember, I said I was going to the movie, so I'm gonna stick to the same thing. The new thing I want to watch, which is, it came out, and I think it comes out on Netflix. Uh, next week, but I know it's at the movie theaters now. It's called Harder They Fall. It's like a okay. western. It's a western movie, like all black cast, like a black western. Oh, I saw something about that. It's, oh. uh, I want to say it's produced by Jay Z. Yeah, it has like Idris Elba. It has the guy yeah. that, that played like Kang in the Marvel in the Loki series. He played yep. the Kang. So it looked like that it's good. Look pretty love, good, yeah. Right, and I love like gritty westerns. I like like the real westerns, like. When they they get shot and show like the real the the blood splatter, you know, like the real <laughs> yeah. westerns, like how it really looks, not like the old westerns where they had a shootout in the street. <laughs> so, <He's back. laughs> look, you know what? <laughs> oh, you got so damn excited about that game, you just <laughs> hey, look, some Michigan hater, probably Chris Edgerton. Yeah, I'm calling him. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I actually bet on DraftKings. Okay, I never okay. bet, but I actually bet on DraftKings. So where's the where's the game line? being played? Where's the game at? In in, in East Lansing. It's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's gonna be a good game, actually. It's gonna be a great game. Well, yeah. I, right now Michigan was four and a half. Right. Right. I'll take that. I would. Del Tucker that. doing his thing. I would take that all day long. All day, and we got like the number one. Well, it might have fluctuated, but we are a top five at least within the last three weeks, defensive and offensive line. I honestly think that that's going to be a close-scoring game anyway, just because both of those defenses. I think yeah, I, I only got us winning 17, uh, 17 to 13. Okay. That's it. 
Nice. So yeah, that's Warwick what was letting I'm us, watching. Yeah, so Warwick <laughs> was letting us know about this amazing Western movie with as um I always say his name wrong. Idris Elba. Idris yeah. Elba. Yeah, yeah. It's coming out next week on Netflix. It come oh, out next week on Netflix, but it's at the movie theater, like selected theaters right now. Oh, so did, did you go? No, that's what I was saying. I was finna get ready to go watch it. Like I was. Oh, tonight? Not probably not tonight. I don't feel like oh. it. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow, or I'll wait to watch it on Netflix. But I was just throwing that out so people could watch yeah. it. Like I, I've been watching the previews and it looks pretty good. I saw. Yeah, that movie was that. like. It posse crazy. on steroids. What it looks yeah, like. that's what I said. That's yeah, what I told him. What, like I like them type of westerns where yeah, the gritty shootouts and <laughs> eight for eight. Like yeah, <laughs> I was gonna mention eight for eight to him, but then you jump back in. Yeah. So mine isn't really as great as yours. Um, <laughs> not gonna lie, it's. it's better not be the Bachelorette, man. Oh God, I don't watch that crap. I'm, Thank you. I'm not share bear. as as our boy terrence would say no see so i was i was working the other day and my girlfriend messages me she goes hey i'm at my friend's house and there's this show that i know you're gonna love like you've got to watch the show and i'm like okay what is it she's like just wait till you get home we'll watch it she puts it on it's on netflix it's called chicago party ant party ant Chicago party ant. So what it is, it's a cartoon, but it's like a it's not like it's not like horribly dirty or like anything like that, but it's like a funny cartoon about a woman who's like in her like mid to late 40s. She's she's been divorced a couple times. Like she was the hot girl forever and like now she's like like they have her figure all weird, like 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 her bottom half is like huge, and like her top isn't really as big. But like, but and like she's got a thick ass, thick ass Chicago accent, and she lives literally across the street from Wrigley Field. Mm. And she's like a super fan of like every team, everything Chicago, and like she goes on these like funny like adventures and stuff. And they have like they have like a whole bunch of like like pretty much Chicago sports like references out through the whole thing. It's just like a funny, stupid cartoon. And I kind of got into it just because of like all the references. And I started watching it. I watched the whole damn thing the other night. It's just like kind of a funny cartoon. Like it's not anything to write home about. I would love, I would love to see your search, your search engine in your Because <laughs> <laughs> every time you come, I'll be like, "What?" <laughs> I would love to see what you search like, for. Like the other night, I was watching on uh, Netflix. There was a UFO thing too. I can't remember what it was called now, but I like that kind of stuff. I like Rick and Morty. I like yeah, Family yeah. Guy. Obviously, yeah. I love sports. Obviously, because we're right. here. <laughs> but guys. You don't have to check it out, but if you like Chicago sports, and well, now I have to check it out because that's what I keep telling. If you live in the Chicagoland area, you're gonna like this. There's a lot of funny references about Chicago in it. I won't ruin it. It's it's pretty funny. It's like six or seven episodes. Like her her sister has like a family, and like the son was like supposed to go to like Yale or Harvard or something, and like he's super smart and like completely opposite. And then he somehow ends up living with her in the house because he's 18 and he doesn't want to go to college yet. And like they have these like crazy adventures and stuff. It's 
it's just different, you know. Like it's not as bad as like if you've watched like um, have you seen Big Mouth? I have seen Big Mouth. So that, was, it's, that was wild. It's not as bad as Big Mouth. Okay. It's 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 not like that. Like there's just like funny, stupid humor, like sex humor, and just like dumb right. stuff. Like <laughs> like she meets some of the eighty five bears, and like there's a whole stupid thing with that. Like. It's just dumb stuff like that. Like, like, like she runs into Scotty Pippen at like a house party and like, like she talks about banging him and stuff like, like it's, it's just funny, stupid stuff like that. But check exactly. that out. It it's, it's funny. I What's mean, it called it's, again? It's called Chicago party ant. It's on Netflix. I'm, I'm about, you know, I'm about I thought it was funny. Like I, but I also was a little, I might have had an edible when I watched it. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I mean, I might have definitely had an edible whenever I watched it. And yeah. it was funny, though. Like, it 100% was. But <laughs> that is what – and also, I don't know what the bowl score is, but I'm always watching them because they're the only damn team in this town that I can trust to not break my heart yet because I know they will. <laughs> Just not yet. So that was all that. Um, and now I think we need to get to the bare minimum. And we're going to have a quick uh, commercial sponsor from Moore's Beer. There was a time when high standards prevailed, when excellent craftsmanship was displayed and treated with the utmost importance. Acquire the crisp, refreshing taste of Moore's Beer. Moore's Beer. Raise your standards. And that was our sponsor, Moore's Beer. Guys, I'm telling you, if you're in the Chicagoland area, you are missing the hell out on this stuff, man. It is good. I'm not just saying that because it's a sponsor. I'm saying that because I mean it because I love the beer. Non-beer drinkers agree, guys. Check it out in the Chicagoland area. If you don't know where it's at, go to moresbeer.com and find out where the nearest one is. I'm telling you, it's worth it. Just came out with the red can. If you're like, it was like a coffee type. Um, uh, chocolate porter. Chocolate porter. That's what yeah, it was. Right. I, I, I haven't have got it. to try it yet. So. I have it in the refrigerator. Hey, Warren, do you drink beer? Yeah, yeah. Hey, offline, let me get your information. I'll ship you a, a, a couple of cans. I was going to say, I should, I need to get shipped some of that. Some Absolutely. I'll take care of that this weekend. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, 100%. We will figure okay. that out for you because okay. you, you are missing out, brother. <laughs> but, and I just got an unfortunate update from my buddy Chris on here. He said the Bulls are losing by 10 right now. And they're playing the Knicks, their first true test of the year. They are. So that is a massive deal to me. So hopefully that ends up getting a little better. We but you know, 10 points in the NBA with eight minutes left, that's nothing. Yeah, that's that's nothing. nothing. That's, I watched the Lakers blow a 26 point lead against <laughs> OKC the other night. Uh, Your buddy Westbrook is not looking great. He had a triple he had a quadruple double if you include <laughs> the turnovers he had. He had 10 turnovers last night. So that Lakers team is not looking great right now, boys. I don't know. And lucky for you Warwick that your Houston Astros figured out how to pull out a win last night. I saw you wearing that. I I couldn't <laughs> leave you out, Warwick. I wanted yeah. to leave you out. That, that damn Altuve, man. Like, Altuve. Boy. <laughs> it just seems like that Astros team knows where the gaps are. 
at all times, and they're hitting it there, man. They they have great timely hitting. Right. I thought after game one, I was like, they might be in trouble. They came back and they responded well. I, I, yeah. I have to say, amazing job by them. And, I mean, it's going to be a series now for them. They're, <laughs> they're going to head back to Atlanta, and we'll see what happens there. But, guys, it's yeah. time. Let's get to the bare minimum. <laughs> Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Number one. Number two, we are not a charity. We cannot give them the game. That's number two. And number three is we execute from the very start of the game to the very end of the game. And this is a bare minimum brought by Moore's Beer, guys. Here we go. So I got to start by saying number one for me, focusing on keeping Justin Fields clean, guys. This goes for the coaching staff. As long as they plan a game plan around this kid, keep him clean, quick throws, quick decisive throws, getting out, run a skinny slant for God's sakes, please. And also the offensive line. You know that Jason Peters has problems with guys like Nick Bosa. Help him out on the edge. Keep him out there. Do not let him get the field. Wide receivers also come back. Help him out. Keep him clean in the pocket. Number two for me, stop trying to press. Please take what this team gives you. They are going to give you opportunities for short pass yards. You're obviously not going to get down the field all the time on them. So, guys, when you can, please make sure that you're doing that. Make sure that you're also, you know, um, never really um, – ever giving him that home run you know that's something that i've noticed this defense do a lot they've been giving up home runs try to keep them up front do not give up the big play eddie jackson i'm talking to you on that number three along with that also um let's get back to good at at what we're good at guys tackling let's tackle my god eddie jackson again let's tackle you guys um we had tom brady last week he had a clean jersey that can't happen again this week. We've got to get after the quarterback. You've got to please. I don't know who's going to quarterback, but you can disrupt either of these guys. You can definitely cause some maybe late turnovers in the game, win this game close. That's what I'm hoping. And number four, and most important, keep Matt Nagy at home, please. Do not <laughs> let that man come to the field. Do not let him come in Soldier Field. Lock him in a room. Not let him come. I want to see Bill Lazor have full autonomy of this <laughs> offense and see what he can do with it. And that, guys, is my bare minimum. <laughs> it wasn't that great. It was kind of quick and fast because I want to get to that Bulls game. But <laughs> what do you guys got? <laughs> well, I'll make mine real quick. Bare minimum. Defense. Make whoever the quarterback is, whether it's Trey Lance, which I forgot about that, that it's two rookies that could possibly be facing each other. Or Garoppolo. Right. Or Garoppolo. Make the game, make the game hard for him. Make it where y'all get some sacks. Get some turnovers. That's another thing. We need some turnovers, Bears. <laughs> we need some turnovers to change the uh, momentum of these games. On offense, run the ball, establish the run, establish the floor of the game. <laughs> establish the floor of the game on offense. That's the fields. Take control of the game. 
Run when you need to. Get the ball out your hands when you need to. By any means necessary. You at that point now in the season where we need wins and we need positivity, no matter what it is. That's my minimum. My Bears minimum. That is that is works. Wise works. <laughs> Love Bear it. minimum. Love it. JB, you Love are it. up next, sir. What do you got for me? So I'm echoing the sentiment of a lot of what you all said, but I'm going to just throw a couple of caveats in there because right now um, there's no Khalil Mack. Akeem Hicks is questionable. So now next man up. I'm going to need for Travis Gibson. I'm going to need for Mario Edwards to keep his head and do what they do. Bilal Nichols, you're in a contract year. Got to get paid. On the back end, literally, literally, <laughs> hat on a hat, put your face, put, put this in their chest, get <laughs> physical with these boys. Like, seriously, Kendall Vildori, Ryan and I here come across your face, put paws on them. <laughs> Eddie Jackson, you know they have running back out by committee. Come down and stick your nose in. Don't just come down and look. Make a tackle. And on my third and most important is do not put the game in Justin Fields' hand. Oh. oh. And what I mean by that, if the game is winnable, let him do what he do, but don't put him in a position where he has to be Superman and the whole offensive line is kryptonite. Okay. That makes that's sense. That's my bare minimum. I like and that. that, that like is, that's a different one. I do yeah. like that one, actually. Yeah. That is the bare minimum. Again, brought to you by Moore's Beer, guys. I love it. Do you guys have any closing thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, no, just nothing. No, just bear fans. Just, just nothing. Just crickets. Stay, stay, stick with your team, man. Stick with your team. Like I know it, it gets ugly, but guys are working hard. It's it's gonna turn around. Let's let's believe that it's gonna turn around. <laughs> oh, we can do. How about I you, this? Keep the optimism, but at the same time, know your team's worth. And what I mean by knowing your team's worth is none of us really thought they had Super Bowl aspirations, right? We, we we never thought that. No. So let's not be delusional fans because they're damn sure not delusional organization. Agreed. And that's it. Yeah. And for me, keep Matt Nagy off the field. <laughs> keep him away. Let's see what happens without him because maybe, just maybe, if the ownership sees this team working well without him, that could be a big – you know, hello to them. Maybe, hey guys, we don't need Matt Nagy around here. Maybe we can be successful without him and build without him. Let's hope that's the case. But we'll not see. a selling point, but a telling point. It's a telling yeah. point. You're damn right, JB. <laughs> Absolutely. And in saying that, guys, we are at the end of another show. Guys, I have to start out by saying thank you to our sponsors, the John Darren team, uh, Nick and Ivy Brewery, and my favorite, Moore's Beer. My guys over there, God, love what they're doing, man. Please, all of you, keep up the good work. And thank you to our sponsors. This week, uh, starting to, uh, what is today? Thursday, right? I yes. almost forgot what day it was. Tomorrow at, I believe, 7, we have the best, or the world's best fantasy show. Great show, as usual. Um, after that, at 8 o'clock, we have um, Harry with the over-under, guys. He's 
He's killing it all year. He's a Greek. I don't know what's with him. He knows his he knows his bets. JB, you need to talk to him about your college bets just to make sure you did what you did I'll, right. I will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. And um, we don't have um, pregame on Sunday. We're going to maybe kind of stay away from that because I know that JB definitely has his football stuff. And I'm already doing three podcasts a week, so we're going to kind of <laughs> calm down on that a little bit. <laughs> we're going to probably try to stick with just this one for a while, guys. And if, you know, it's unfortunate, but we could maybe in the future have it again. It's just not something that we're going to do right now. So on Monday, uh, we've got Hubes, Hughes, and Brews with my guy Fred Hubner from ESPN 1000. He's got great guests on all the time. He has a brewery on every week. I had to talk to Damon about him, too, getting on there with Fred, because Fred is very interested in speaking with him. And then on Wednesday, we've got, as usual, the Fat Mike Show, guys. And that is it. So for myself, my good guys here, JB and War Coleman, appreciate it, guys. You have a great night. And don't let these bears get you down. But what you need to do is bear down.